Previously on the Spoken. No, Le LeBron's words didn't completely come to fruition, and Chris Jones's entire kills may not either. But if and when the Chiefs do what LeBron has done and continues to do something by dominating their league consistently, you will see that shine quickly wear off across the league from both opposing fans and foes. Because you're no longer the fans, the, you're no longer fans of the new guys, you're the fans of the guys to beat. And Chris Jones's confidence, Tyreek Hill's confidence, places an even bigger target on their backs. The Chiefs are now the villains of the NFL. Yes, Mahomes is all class and will be loved quietly by fans from all over the country, but they will hate his success. Chris Jones and this defense will be under the microscope and criticized for the smallest of error and infraction. The Chiefs will be the new negative driving fo focus and force of career-long trolls like Skip Bayless, Rob Parker, and Eric Mangini. Because the Chiefs are the next dynasty. Therefore, the next to be hated. Good. Embrace the hate. Lean into it. Be the villain. Because with the villain role comes the success that no one can deny you. And to the fans, don't let the fact that your team is now the new target for unfair criticism and brainless show fodder on those daily national sports talk shows bring any emotion out of you other than the joy and happiness that you deserve. Because as long as the Chiefs are the villain, that means that your team is still the team to beat. Arrowhead is the new home of the team to beat. We are the fans of the team that everyone will hate for years to come. And that should excite the hell out of you. And when it comes to the amount of Super Bowls that this team will win, I don't usually go with the not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Because the only number I'm counting to and counting on is 15. All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. Tuned into the spoken spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCPN studios with my guy Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And our lady, Miss Gat. How we doing tonight, Gat? Lovely. Thank you for asking. No Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo tonight. He actually has uh, some time with the family, so he decided to take that. And hey, man, and this time and this place and the way things are going, I can't blame him. So we wish him and his family nothing but the best. I promise you guys we will have our guy, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, Eddie Ortiz, back in no time, which means this time next week. So I hope you guys are prepared to have him back. But in the meantime, it's us three running things around here. We want to thank all of the listeners, all the viewers, all the subscribers, everybody that has been a part of this, participating. Uh, this show continues to grow, and, and, and we cannot thank you guys enough because without you, this, there is no growth, and we'd be in here in an echo chamber talking to ourselves. That is never fun. I've tried it, and uh, don't want to ever do that again. Holy hat! 
do we have a fun show for you guys tonight? Let me just put it like that. And that rhymed as well. Um, we have we have a, a chat with one of the best, the OGs of all Chiefs Entertainment when it comes to the, the coverage, when it comes to the games, when it comes to history. Our guy Shaggy Shane Williams will be joining us momentarily. Shaggy. Cannot wait to get you get you guys get his thoughts on this show. We have not had him on since before the Super Bowl. That's how long it's been. It's been an entire lifetime since then. Like, like I was saying in, in the pre-video, uh, I mean, life as we know it has changed since j just the Super Bowl. So right. can't wait to catch up with our guy Shaggy Shane. Beardless with a beard doesn't matter. We still love the guy equally, but I'm hoping he grows that beard back. Um, and we're obviously going to be opening up the Monday mailbag. Hold this L. We got, like I said, guys, a jam-packed show. So I don't want to waste any more of your time, so let's get right into it. I don't have many dreams at night. And if I do, I rarely remember them. But the ones I have remembered since I was a child were the nightmares. And nothing, and I mean nothing, was better than waking up from that nightmare, realizing that it wasn't real, it was just a bad dream. Well, I'm here to wake you up from a bad dream and let you know that everything is and will continue to be all right. And no, I'm not talking about 2020 as a whole, although I'd love nothing more than to wake up from this crazy ass dream we're all stuck in currently. Now, I'm talking about the Chiefs and the concerns that stem and follow after both LDT and Damian Williams deciding to opt out of the 2020 season for their own personal reasons. I have seen the concerns and worries expressed by a number of fans, and I get it. But I'm here to bring comfort by suggesting that we all see the bigger picture in all of this. As we all know good and well in the NFL in particular, there is constant change. From coaching, rosters, you name it. Oftentimes, an NFL team can be viewed as a revolving door. Players are interchangeable, and in most regards, therefore, it's a shock to no one when players are replaced on an annual basis. We are in the midst of an unforeseen and unprecedented pandemic, which in itself has created obstacles and challenging scenarios for everyone. And unfortunately, with those same obstacles and challenges comes tough decisions. LDT and Dame had to make tough decisions for themselves, for their families, for what they believe in. For LDT, it's his drive and passion to help the sick during the COVID-19 pandemic. For Damien, as he stated earlier this week on Radio Row practically, his mother having stage four cancer and how he knew it was the right decision to be there to take care of her in this time. I want to thank both of them equally because they both played a significant role in the Chiefs winning their first Super Bowl in 50 damn years. So salute to both of these men for these, again, were insanely tough decisions for them. Even through family and an inward drive to help others far surpassing playing football, these men sacrificed a lot to earn their careers and successes they could have very well continued have they decided to continue playing? And as we continue to see players across the league on various teams make those same tough decisions to opt out, did we honestly expect the Chiefs to go into week one unscathed? We had to see this coming in some form or fashion. We had to understand and acknowledge that at the end of the day, these athletes are men with families, people they look out for, even men with their own personal health conditions and concerns. I expected this. And it's not something that I think we're done with when it comes to players opting out. Won't lie though, I was looking forward to seeing Dane play with zero attention and expectations again. The good old days. 
when given the chance back in 2018 as a nobody, he shined bright, and we cannot ignore how great he was in the playoffs. So you might be asking yourself right now, where does the comfort come in at all this, Lance? Where does it come into play? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm about to tell you. For the last two off-seasons, as we have stated and echoed several times over in recent episodes, the Chiefs have absolutely crushed it in the draft and in free agency. And if we take it back further, since Andy Reid has been the Chiefs' head coach, the Chiefs have been one of the best rosters in the NFL. And if you take it back even further, the Chiefs had a stacked roster previous to the Andy era. They just needed the right leadership and the right leadership they got. And now that we know the offseason to be considered Veach season, we have witnessed this franchise continue to retool and build one of the deepest, more talented rosters around Patrick Mahomes. I considered this year's draft as a meat and potatoes class. And I anticipated that the Chiefs would take the add-to-the-depth approach. And in most cases and instances, that's exactly what they did with their picks. But they also landed an absolute star in the making in LSU's running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with the final pick of the first round of the 2020 draft. And as excited as we have been with his potential, we knew that the Chiefs had surprisingly enough depth at his position with newly acquired DeAndre Washington, surprisingly effective Daryl Williams, everyone's favorite, Darwin Thompson, and of course, Mr. Damian Williams. Therefore presenting a real change for Clyde walking in. Nothing was a given, and even as their first pick of the recent draft class, he wasn't walking in as the man. Three months later, that hasn't changed. Even with Damian Williams now opted out. Yes, I do expect Clyde to take over the top spot, and I fully anticipate that he will be an Offensive Rookie of the Year candidate whenever this season decides to wrap up. But because of the fact that Veach season hasn't disappointed over these last two off-seasons, the Chiefs are a team that isn't reeling or panicking despite losing two offensive starters. Instead, the Chiefs are still very much the team to beat. Of course, it begins and ends with 15 as long as the best quarterback, now slash new owner of the Royals, is breathing. The Chiefs will be just fine. But it's his team builders that give us the comfort needed in times of uncertainty. They are the parent that sings you back to sleep when waking up from that terrifying nightmare. In most cases, and for most teams, losing a starting guard and running back within a few days of themselves would be considered an un unbearable nightmare. But not in Kansas City. Not for Brett Veach. Not for Andy Reid. And sure as shit, not for Patrick Mahomes. I remember when the Chiefs cut Kareem Hunt, and how much I was certain this would ultimately hinder the Chiefs' offense for making up for the horrendous defense and would be the ultimate key for them not making a deep playoff push. But as we all remember, the Chiefs not only made a deep playoff push while still averaging north of 30 points per game that led the league, they did it with a running back in Damian Williams that had little to no expectation when he took over the top spot in Kareem Hunt's stead. Just like Kareem Hunt did with Spencer Ware when he went down. Little expectation, surprising return. Only this time around, with Clyde, the Chiefs have a running back that we know who and what he is and what he's better than in any other running back that Mahomes has had to this point of his career, and it may not be all that close. The Chiefs have accomplished greatness with players that overachieved and will continue to practice this somehow successful method. 
But what ultimately separates the Chiefs from the rest in uh, the rest in times of losing players for unforeseen circumstances is the star depth that they have across the board. In the draft, in free agency, each season has and will carry us through. And I want to make it abundantly clear. Losing LDT and Dame does not help the Chiefs. In fact, I was very much looking forward to having both this season. But if the 2019 Chiefs season and outcome taught us anything, it's that this team is the only thing that can stop them. I've said more than, I, more than enough times that I can remember that the Chiefs are the only team that can beat the Chiefs. The 2018 AFC Championship, the Chiefs beat the Chiefs. Week 5 versus the Colts last season, the Chiefs beat the Chiefs. Week 6 versus the Texans, same thing. What about Week 10 at the Titans? The last loss the Chiefs have suffered to this day. Yep, beat themselves. And even with shoot-yourself-in-the-foot type losses like that, the Chiefs still prevailed. Despite losing their start left, starting left tackle for two months, they went undefeated. Despite going down double digits in all three playoff games, they won the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are the only team that can beat the Chiefs. And losing LDT and Damian Williams doesn't change that, nor does it ultimately swing their chances for the Run It Back Tour in 2020. I won't pretend as if there hasn't been this hasn't been a nightmare, that this isn't a nightmare currently. It has been and it absolutely still is. But the facts I have laid out for you is that we that will provide that comfort we all need so badly as Chiefs fans. And it's, lift, it's fitting that us Chiefs fans have to see the forest through the trees because although it looks rough now, the Mahomes-led Chiefs seemingly always find their way to get that W. So sleep well, sleep tight, call on your exterminator for those bed bugs because we have a team to cheer on for from the couches and love seats that we have in our own homes. And I couldn't be more excited. Wake me up when September end begins. And I want to tell you guys what I'm thankful for. Humans love holidays. We do. If we can celebrate something, we will. Now, 2020 hasn't exactly provided us normal opportunities to do so, but for the most part, we will find our ways to celebrate regardless. On certain holidays, there are certain customs and traditions built in to show and express gratitude. And we tell everyone, usually awkwardly at the dinner table around families we see maybe once or twice a year, what we're thankful for. Well, consider me in the scenario as Uncle Lance, and it's my turn to tell everyone at the table, the virtual family, what I'm thankful for. Earlier this week, NFL Network dropped their annual NFL Top 100 list and gave us their list of 100 top players in the league. Now, according to the NFL Network, they comprised this list through votes submitted by NFL players across the league. I'm not exactly 100% confident in that being true, but let's just say it is for argument's sake. As the top 10 was finally announced, we noticed there was a certain name that means a lot to us here in Kansas City that was mentioned rather early. In, 2019, in 2019's list, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes was ranked fourth overall, and people thought he got robbed after winning MVP with 5,000-plus passing yards, 50 touchdowns, and a coin flip from the Super Bowl. So you would assume that they do Mahomes right this time around, right? No, they didn't. No, Mahomes was still only fourth on the list. Not only fourth, but third amongst quarterbacks trailing Russell Wilson, 
and Lamar Jackson. In all honesty, I despise these lists. They hold zero validity. They're simply show fodder utilized to kill time in the dog days of summer while these shows and networks dedicated to the NFL await for live games to break down. However, I am so thankful for this list and where they placed Mahomes. Obviously, Mahomes shouldn't be ranked number four. Obviously, Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. Obviously, this has intent involved, and I don't think the list and who comprised it would get Mahomes' attention like they obviously did, and for that reason, I am obviously thrilled. Mahomes is coming into 2020, his third season, as a starter with literally nothing left to prove. We all know who and what he is. We all know his worth. We all know his greatness. But competitors like Mahomes are constantly looking for that next chip on their shoulder, that next edge, that next motivated push, that next wall to knock down, that new narrative to destroy. The NFL Network and the players just gave Patrick Mahomes a new motivating factor, another narrative to destroy. The NFL is fucked. Patrick Mahomes is going to light this league on fire like we have yet to see him do, or anyone for that matter, light it up. And for that, I am forever grateful. Not because I didn't think he wasn't going to anyway, but like he counted to 10 in Chicago after embarrassing Trubisky and the Bears, like, like that took him eight spots ahead of where the Chiefs ultimately took Mahomes, you will see Mahomes count to four when he embarrasses the next Sunday victim on his weekly fall and winter, winter schedule. Thank you so much for telling the best football player in the world that he isn't even the third best at what he does. And to me, it's fitting that Mahomes gets to get his revenge when the temperature drops because after all, revenge is best served cold. And we're going to leave it right there because I can't keep my guy waiting. My guy Shaggy Shane is about to present himself we don't have him in studio, guys. We're still doing the social distancing thing as much as we possibly can, mm. but we still got him on our Zoom call. We're ready to go. I know he's ready to go, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, our guy Shaggy Shane from the Shaggy Shane Show will be dropping some knowledge on the Spoken Podcast. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast. For segment number two, I am your host, Lance Woodwell. Here inside the KCPN studios with my guys, Trevor Woodwell. What's good? Mrs. Gat, and obviously, the guest of the night. The guy we've been trying to hype up, Mr. Shaggy, Shane Williams. Shaggy. OG, in the house. Shaggy, what's going on, brother? Man, it couldn't be better. It couldn't be better. Late July, summertime, feeling good. Football is in the air. 
listen to the spoken pod <laughs> yeah man that's right bro. It's all good in the hood well we're glad to How have you, guys you. Doing? oh we're doing good man we were we were actually in the in the opening monologue i, I talked to the to the <clears throat> viewing audience and i said it's it's crazy that you're you know you're one of my best friends and a guy i look up to often and um it's funny that even though we do the show on a weekly basis somehow some way we have not had you on since the super bowl took place and uh it just it's Friday just, night, January thirty first. See, I knew I knew he knew the I knew he knew the date. I the it, beautiful mind. It's a beautiful I, mind. I, I swear. It was me and Clay Whittler in Pat Clifton's basement. Yeah. I, I bet well, he could tell me It's about seventy three degrees. I bet Shane could tell me which hospital room I was born in in Olathe Medical Center. <laughs> and like what the time was. I don't even know what the time was, but I bet he can narrow it down. Shag, I was 18 years old. Go ahead. Shaggy, you've been a lifelong uh, and loyal Chiefs fan through damn near every heartbreaking loss this franchise has suffered, yet you've always seemed to keep at least a little bit of optimism going into the next season. Well, this time, you don't know, you don't have to worry about how much optimism you have going into the next season because for the first time in your life, you're a fan of the defending champs. Shaggy, we haven't had you on the show, again, like I said, since episode 49, in which we all know was the last episode until the Chiefs won that Super Bowl. I realize... Life has been weird as hell and since essentially that Sunday, but if you could recollect on that day for us, those moments in time, and tell us what that day was and how much it meant to you as an OG Chiefs fan. You know, actually, it was pretty peaceful. Um, if you go back and watch the Shaggy Shane show after we won the Super Bowl, it was hard to fight back the tears. There were some tears. But actually, my daughter Tabitha, who I was watching the game with, who was really raising a lot more hell than me. And, you know, in one hand and I, one hand I was super proud of her. And in the other hand, I felt like I scarred her for my past, uh, <laughs> my past demons of raising hell. But for the most well, part, watching, you, the Chiefs, yeah, well, watching the Chiefs <laughs> playing the Super Bowl was freaking uh, surreal. But then again, it wasn't because we knew when the Kansas city chiefs drafted Patrick, Freaking Mahomes, <laughs> April 27th, 2017. We knew that it was just a matter of time. We knew that it was just a matter of time. Only thing we had to get over was Andy Reid's loyalty to Bob Sutton. Once we kicked that to the curb after the AFC Championship loss and put Steve Spagnola in line for the defensive coordinator spot, and he got Frank Clark. Tyron Matthew, Lance, to answer your question directly, when I watched that Super Bowl, it felt pretty damn good. And then when Patrick, Patrick LeVon Mahomes made the wasp call on third and 15, yes, sir. I knew we were coming back. <laughs> it was fucking killer. Excuse my language. <laughs> no, no, said it all night long, man. That's, that's what we do here. There's uh, no FCC violations over here in the Kansas City Podcast Network. <laughs> So, oh, yeah. so Shaggy, coming into the 2020 season, the Chiefs were expected to bring back 91% of their starting lineup. Something, right. a, something a defending Super Bowl champion hasn't done since the 2004 Patriots. And since last right. since last Friday, uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif and Damian Williams have decided to opt out of the 2020 season. To me, these are legitimate losses, but I do not believe they are losses that destroy or even deplete the running back potential, <clears throat> nor do I believe they signify as a foreshadow of worse things to come when it comes to the potential of a 2020 season. But you have, I, I, we've seen you have a, bit, a little bit of different of, of, of an opinion on this matter, and you're a little bit on the different side of this. Shaggy, what, what do these two players opting out mean to you? First off, let me say I understand why they are both opting out. 
Uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif is a doctor. He's a med. He's taking care of patients. He's seen firsthand the struggle in Canada, this entire issue. So I totally understand, respect, and give mad praise to Tardif. Uh, Damien Williams, the same thing. His mom has got stage four cancer. And if he brought home and he's taking care of her, Damien Williams is taking care of his mom who has stage four cancer. And if he comes home with the virus, you know, we all know what could possibly happen quickly. He doesn't want to do it. I don't blame either one. Uh, as far as a loss, I think Rankins and uh, Martinez, Martin Rankins and uh, Nick Allegretti, don't forget about that six-round draft pick last year, are going to be bodies that are going to be worked in to training camp at Arrowhead this August. I like them. I like I like how they can uh, develop into guards. Yes, they got the simile, but he was a left guard. Is he going to play right guard? Hmm. So that's that's a concern. That's not really much concern as Damian Williams. Damian Williams is a pro's pro, man. Damian Williams came to the Chiefs after he left the Miami Dolphins, and he was third string behind Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware in 2018. Damian Williams, when he's pressed into the starting spot, delivered. And on the biggest stage and the biggest games from last year's postseason to this year's postseason, we cannot watch a Chiefs highlight and be happy. We can be happy, but we can also see that Damian Williams made a key catch. Damian Williams had a big run. Damian Williams had a big block. That four-yard pass down to the freaking 10-yard line to Sammy Watkins that put us in position for Damian Williams to eventually score the winning touchdown. Damian Williams made a monster block on the blitzing safety coming in from the left and kept Patrick's freaking blindside safe so we could freaking throw it to Sammy Watkins. Oh, my God. Damian Williams is that guy. He's I know people might think this is apples to oranges, but he's the eighth inning pitcher in the Major League Baseball. He's the guy. He's not the seventh inning guy. He's not the closer. He's not the starter. But when you need three outs in the eighth inning, that Damon Wins is going to get it. I know eighth inning and three outs of football is an entirely different thing, but he he's there. He's a pro's pro. He doesn't make the mistakes. He's the guy that delivers. And his 10 touchdowns in the playoffs, man, is a Chiefs record that will probably never be broken. You know, I like to think that I came up with the nickname Veach season uh, when it comes to the Chiefs joint general manager, uh, Brett Veach. Shaggy, your your guy Veach has absolutely dominated and owned the last two off seasons. And, Word. and you were one of the first to really place your faith in the young executive. Um, Word. Now, I obviously know that you want to and will give him his deserved run and praise. But but is, there, but is there anything that you'd like to see Veach do, do better or do more? Oh, no, hell no. Veach is freaking kicking ass, baby. He's freaking, <laughs> dude, I hope he's here as long as Carl Peterson, which is 20 years. Uh, I hope that he's, I hope he stays. I, Veach is, is what he's done with the salary cap. He's, we all thought Chris Jones was gone. I'm not going to pretend yep. to say, oh, I knew that would happen. No, we didn't. We didn't. We thought Chris Jones, I thought in spring that Chris Jones would be traded for a first and a third round draft pick similar to what Jared Allen was traded for 12 years ago in April. So I felt like it wasn't going to happen with Chris Jones. But Patrick, you know, you guys have said that, and I've said that last week on my show with Fidel, that Patrick extended his contract to make it open up enough to uh, re-sign Chris Jones. And, you know, you can give Brett Beach a lot of credit, but we got to give Patrick a lot of credit for, you know, making his contract work to bring in Chris Jones. 
As to the running back situation, I want to say, what concerns me now in the depth chart is we have Dwayne Washington. Is that his name? DeAndre Washington. DeAndre. Yeah, DeAndre Washington. DeAndre Washington, Darwin Thompson, and Daryl Williams. Uh, you know, besides our number one draft pick, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, what I'm going to want to see or hear coming out of training camp at Arrowhead is who's going to be the number one running back. Mm -hmm. We all know that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be the man. We all know that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be a beast. His stats, his highlights, Patrick giving Beach the elbow to in the back to draft him last April shows that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be the man. And I just felt about Damian Williams, I know I'm going back to a previous question, but I felt it's something that needs to be said, Lance, is that Damian Williams is the perfect running back to mentor Clyde for maybe the first four, five weeks before Clyde gets the brunt of the carries. I, and like I know, we're not getting a preseason game, and we're not, get, we're, we're not getting any preseason, so I feel that, damn, man, Clyde's going to have a lot to learn before September 10th. So that's why I feel like who's going to be the number one running back come September 10th? Are we going to go with an experienced guy? Are we going to go with Washington who couldn't even stay on the Raiders, but he played with Patrick at Tech? Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the running back situation come September 10th. I began last week's episode with something I had felt and believed since the clock struck zero in the fourth quarter of Super Bowl 54. Uh, the Chiefs were widely viewed as this fun team with a ton of winning potential. And in very short time, thanks to Patrick Mahomes, they went from that to a legitimate Super Bowl-worthy team. And now that they've given up that 1969 Lombardi, a younger companion in that trophy case at Arrowhead, I, I believe that that new car smell and shine has worn off and the casual NFL fan no longer adores the Chiefs like they did before. And it's been made evident that after both Chris Jones and Tyreek Hill came out and spoke confidently uh, about this team becoming a dynasty and national sports talk show hosts crushed them for that, uh, we see Patrick Mahomes being voted as the third best quarterback and fourth best overall player in the league. What by a his joke! Own, by, yeah, by his own peers. I mean, Shaggy, the Chiefs are the new villains of the NFL. Do you agree? <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. And I freaking accept it. And I wear that badge proudly. Let's go. Bring it! I don't give a damn for the bad guys. We don't cheat. We go out there and play our ass off. We go out there and get it done. If Tyreek Hill wants to talk about winning seven seven championships to six championships, I don't give a damn because what Tyreek Hill is saying by talking dynasty, it pumps him up because he knows he's raising the bar that he has to live by these standards. He's like, all right, if I want to be freaking winning all these championships with this great team, I got to freaking come to work each and every day, every single day, and bust my ass to work out, to stay in shape, and make sure my entire team, as well as myself, are, are is able to achieve this dynasty that we are in the talks of achieving. Absolutely. Well, you've been someone who has unapologetically uh, utilized your platform to speak out on racial and systemic injustice in our society. Right. And, and as our world continues to fight for equality and progression, uh, we've seen a lot of changes take place, uh, in particular in the world of sports. Uh, the Washington football team has literally changed their name to the Washington football team. Now, I know you and I have had our conversations in the past about the name change, why I believe it needed to be changed and so on. Uh, Shaggy, you've had some very strong opinions in regards to this entire situation. If you could, give the viewers and listeners a little bit of your take on the matter. Specifically Washington? Yeah, in particular uh, well, with that one, yeah. Well, in 1992, the Chiefs played the Reds Redskins. I'm sorry, I know you don't say it but I'm going to say it anyway, no disrespect to anybody. 
I know we want to be politically correct, but November in 1992, uh, the Washington Redskins came to Arrowhead Stadium to play the Kansas City Chiefs, and there was going to be a protest. Granted, the most of the Native Americans that showed up were in support of the Washington Redskins and the Kansas City Chiefs. So the protest that was to be to protest both teams were in favor of both teams' names. So it kind of turned into a joke. Granted, that was 28 years ago. A lot of things have changed since November of 1992. But seeing it and, and knowing that there were a lot of Native Americans that were okay with the names, you know, I was okay with the names. But if you ask me, hey, Shaggy, what does Redskins mean? I'll be the first to say it is a derogatory uh, remark made uh, about Native Americans. And uh, I understand why people are upset with it. But we have to also understand that when the Washington took Redskins took that name in 1938 or 1933, they weren't trying to upset Native Americans. They weren't trying to upset anybody in particular. But fast forward to the year 2020 and seeing everything we have gone through from racial injustice to uh, everything that's happened since then, I can understand why they're saying, hey, we've been concerned about this Washington Redskins name for quite some time. Uh, I myself wish, this is just me, I know it's, I don't speak for you guys, I myself wish they would have called themselves the Washington Redskins one more year. That way they could have had kind of like a going away. This is the last year we'll be the Washington Redskins so they can anticipate a changing of the name the next season. Because having it be called the Washington football team, it's kind of like you don't want to laugh at it because they were forced to drop the name. You can't say, oh, look, you're the Washington football team because they were forced. They were like, you got to change your name. You got to get out of here. You got to, you got to. You got to change the name. So it's kind of hard to laugh at it. You just kind of look at it and go, man, I wish they would have kept the name one more year and then changed it in 2021. I came out and stated on last week's show that I, I strongly believe that until Lamar Jackson can play at a high level in the playoffs or when a playoff game held, just beat the Chiefs once, the, the Chiefs are the only true Super Bowl contender in the AFC. Am I wrong? Gosh, the Baltimore is a distant second, but until Lamar Jackson can show that he can play in the postseason, you know, as Pat Mahomes Sr. tells Pat Mahomes Jr. or Pat Mahomes II every game, especially in the postseason, big players make big plays in big time games. Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, oh my God, he's terrible. He's played two postseason games at home and he's terrible. So that's the Chiefs' distant second. So I love the Chiefs' chances of being the team in the AFC, especially this year and moving forward, sure. You know, you and I have had our varied opinions about Andy Reid as a, as a head coach, and, and now that he's won a Super Bowl here in Kansas City, I think that our opinion has been strongly on the side that we wouldn't want anybody else here in Kansas City to, to lead this team. But the question now is, how long? And we've had uh, Kent Swanson from Arrowhead Pride on the show recently, and I asked him the same question. I'm going to ask you, uh, Shaggy, in my opinion, I think I think Sha uh, Andy Reid's going to be coaching this team until 20, at least 2025, um, where it'll make, I'm going to believe, 67 years old. How long do you foresee Andy Reid being the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs? I'm going to agree with you right there. I'm going to agree with you right there. I know... People are concerned because I, people say, well, Pete Carroll's coaching this way and Bill Belichick's uh, coaching 
Pete Carroll's coaching this long and Bill Chick's coaching this long. Andy Reid's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Andy Reid's the best Kansas City Chiefs coach in is the best coach Kansas City Chiefs have ever had. The win-loss record, the divisions, the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship game, drafting Patrick Mahomes speaks volumes. That's why Andy Reid is the man. But I think the only, only thing that we've ever been negative to him on, and this is, this is just us, we, people go back to our, last, our old podcast, our old YouTube page, any criticism that we have ever had on Andy Reid was because of his loyalty to Bob Sutton and our feelings that we felt Patrick Mahomes should have been inserted his rookie season because when Alex Smith was losing late in 17, we were getting frustrated. We were like, okay, put Patrick in. And when we got to the AFC Championship game and lost, we knew that it was because of his loyalty to Bob Sutton. But that's in the past. It's done. Andy Reid made the necessary changes. And it's without a doubt, he's set up. Andy Reid is definitely set up for the next five years. And I hope and pray that we can keep at least Mike Kaffee because I think Eric Bieniemy is gone. I think Bill O'Brien's going to get fired after this year. I'll stick to that prediction. And Eric Bieniemy is going to go to Houston with Deshaun Watson. And uh, that scares me. Do I have an, in, do I have an inkling on it happening? Do I have a source on that happening? Hell no, but I can see it happening. <laughs> yeah. I can see the Texans falling on their face and bringing in a freaking Eric Bieniemy, especially after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year again. I like it. I like it a lot. I actually, I do agree with you in the fact that I do believe this is Bieniemy's last season in Kansas City. I actually have him going to the Jets after Adam Gase gets fired. Uh, right. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be fun to watch out though because if I agree if if Bieniemy gets his hands on Deshaun Watson, that can definitely be a dangerous little duo that we have. Uh, in Houston, just south of us here in Kansas City. And, and speaking right. of speaking of the NFL as a whole, um, you and I have talked a little bit in our own pre, you know, private times. But I, I want to ask you, uh, Shaggy, what is your opinion on the 2020 season as a whole? Do you are you optimistic that we're going to have football this year, or do you think that there's a legitimate chance we don't see the Chiefs or any team play for that matter this season? I'm concerned. I, I, I'm just going to tell you, I am concerned. We have a situation where people are dying. Hospitals are overfilling. I mean, every day there's, we're averaging 2000 more deaths a day. It's, it's scary. And when you get players like Damian Williams, I mean, we're going to speak for the chiefs here. We get players like Damian Williams and Laurent Duarte Tardif who are anxious to come back and be returned for their Super Bowl winning championship team. And they're opting out because we're dealing with a virus that is not good in America. Granted, everywhere else, Europe, it's getting better, and it uh, other countries is getting better, but it's out of control in America because we have bad leadership. I'm not going to get off on a political tangent here, but we know why we have bad leadership from the top. So it sucks. Uh, moving forward, do I think we'll play? I hope so. I'm going to miss being at the home opener. I'm going to miss being in Tampa Bay. I was going to go to the Buccaneers game and see the Chiefs play in Tampa Bay on November 29th. That's in serious doubt. That sucks because the Chiefs only play in Tampa Bay once every eight years. And I've been to Tampa Bay so many times. I went to their old stadium in 96, Raymond James in 2001. It's an amazing stadium. It's not Arrowhead, but it's still amazing. I love Tampa. It's my second home. So I'm quite pissed off that I'm not going to get to go to Tampa Bay this year and see my Chiefs play Tom Brady. But as for a season, man, I hope and pray we get it, brother. I hope and pray we get it. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't finish tonight's conversation off by asking you a very serious question. What's up, brother? Is the beard coming back? 
I mean, no. I, know, I know we're talking about the Chiefs running back to her, but we really need to discuss the Shaggy Shane grow it back to her. Is it coming oh, back? Was, I love the question, but no. It, 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 it was a one-term beard, like our president. So it was <laughs> one, I had it for four years. It was a four-year beard, and that was it. You know, it was, it was a beautiful ride. I got to color it a whole bunch and use some great Casey Beard Company stuff. You Thank you, Lance. <laughs> and, uh, but no, I'll probably stick it like this. That's it. It was a beautiful ride. We had some good beard fun. <laughs> and uh, that's about it, pal. Oh. When, you, I guarantee you, when you shave your beard, You'll feel the same way. I guarantee it. <laughs> well, from a man who has the experience, I guess I'll just take your word for it, and uh, we'll find out when that day comes, if it actually does come. But, uh, Shaggy, real quick, an additional question. Where can everybody find you on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else, man? Shaggy Shane on YouTube, Shaggy Shane uh, Chiefs. You'll just put in Shaggy Shane Chiefs, and uh, you'll find me. I have over 3,000 subscribers and followers, lovers, haters, spammers, <laughs> screamers. Uh, and I'm on, I'm not on Twitter that much. I know that kind of speaks for my age. I'm 50. I, I get on there sometimes. I see what you're saying and Ian Rappaport saying and what Sammy Watkins is saying. <laughs> but for the most part, I, I just, I can't tweet every day. I just, I guess it's my age, but I get on there and I tweet sometimes, uh, but I'm on Facebook under Shane Williams and, uh, that's where you can find me. And I will be back this season. Lord and pray. Hope and pray we get one, baby. <laughs> well, that's our guy, Shaggy Shane Williams. If you're not following him already and you're following us, you're doing this wrong. Uh, you should be finding us after you've already found Shane, and he's the one leading you to us, so you're doing this backwards. But go find my guy, Shaggy Shane Williams. He's the best. I'm telling you guys, he is the, the OG Chiefs fan that you want to know. He's got all the stories. He's got incredible viewpoints. He's got incredible insight, and he's passionate, as you can clearly see. And I'm still holding out hope that one day he decides to grow that beard back. But until then, my guy Shaggy, hey, seriously, man, send my love to Tracy and the girls and, and the dogs, man. I, I love you guys. I appreciate you taking this time on your Friday night, and you are always welcome here on this show, man. Love you guys. Thank you. Lance, you know you're my brother. Man, we've had so many freaking good times together. I uh, hope it continues and this pandemic clear, gets cleared one day and you're sitting in my studio or I'm sitting in yours. But until then, we will Zoom, baby. That's right, brother. That's right. Thank you so much, Shane. Go Chiefs, baby. That's our guy, Shaggy Shane. Thank you so much again, guys. Uh, follow him on all social media platforms. He says he doesn't tweet a lot, but when you're retweeting Sammy Watkins, you're, you're doing good on Twitter. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, guys, Gat's got some chat to do. She has some questions on her mind, and I cannot wait to answer those questions that she has for us. We'll get back to that after this. We are building a religion, a limited edition. We're now accepting callers for the defendant. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern handmade and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Hey, yo. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCP in studios, my guy Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And the one and only Miss Gat. How we doing tonight, Miss Gat? Great. I'm on camera again. Like, <laughs> hey guys, how are you? I'm always like behind the scenes like a creepy wizard. 
It's the, she's, literally the Wizard of Oz. She's yeah, behind the veil. Just like, this I is swear, true. I'm not just a green Every once in a while, she decides to peek her head out and say, hey, look, guys, I still exist and all this stuff. So I think we, I've been on camera since 5.30 this morning. I don't know. You've like been killing like. it today. The, 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 I, I, from the little bit that I got to watch today, I really did enjoy it. I'm really glad you're back at it. Uh, you guys need to be following her work at Gat Chats and Sprott, Sprott's Takes, Sprott's, Te Sprott's Gat. She's got some awesome content, guys. I know I know she's ready to go because obviously she's took, taken the year to do a lot of other projects, but now she's got some time to do this, and I'm, I couldn't be more excited to see what she's got for the KCPN Network as well. So we just got done with our guy Shaggy. Great, incredible interview, incredible time. Uh, I always love talking with that dude. I mean, he's literally one of my life buddies. He is one of my closest, dearest friends. He's always been a fair, good person to me, and he's also an incredible Chiefs fan, which is a, a two for two in my book. So if you missed that on the live stream, it will be on the podcast. It will be on YouTube. Go subscribe to KCPN on both of those, and you'll be taken care of, obviously. Uh, but real quick, before we get to Gat Chats uh, with the questions that she has for us, I did want to get Trevor's thoughts on this real quick because he's been just hanging back all night so far. Uh, in regards to LDT and Damian Williams, uh, opting out how how what is your overall sense with this and how much do you think it affects the Chiefs going into 2020 I mean it affect you can't say it doesn't affect it but I mean it's minuscule in my mind I I, I trust like like we've talked to like we guys talked about with 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 Brett Veach and Andy Reid their abilities to find you know fill in guys and in my mind those two guys as much as we you know as much as as, as braggadocious as, as as Shaggy was about Damian Williams Damian Williams was kind of one of those diamond in the rough type of guys that had his moment. It could have been the MVP in the Super Bowl. You know, he was neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes as MVP of the Super Bowl. Right? He was amazing um, in the entire postseason. Um, so I'm not going to downplay his abilities and what he did for this this team. You know, last year in any way. But um, the fact that we drafted, you know, Clyde, it was you know, uh, it was huge in itself and the foresight of our front office. You know, to 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 add that depth to the running back room obviously shows that they are prepared and we're, de we're our, our depth at every position. So um, as far as the offensive line goes, I think we're going to find moving movable pieces, rotational guys that'll come in and fill that role for LDT. Um, I don't think he was some kind of superior talent as much as I liked him. And I think he was, he was good at what he did. He's replaceable. Damian Williams will leave a little bit more of a gap um, as far as you know, what he did for this team. But again, running backs and Andy Reid's system, it's a proven thing over the entirety of his career that he finds guys that will get the job done at that running back position. So I'm not, you know, worried about it. Um, I definitely think, uh, uh, um, what's his name from the Raiders? Um, DeAndre Washington. DeAndre Washington. I, I like him. He's the only him. one that remembers his name. He has like I the, don't know. Like, like, even the only one that well, Yeah. No, I, I just, yeah, it's been a long day for me, so I was drawing a blank on him. Um, well, I guy Shaggy was calling him, like, I think it was D. D no, no. Yeah. DeAndre, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I actually like his, his abilities. He's similar to a Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He has that similar almost body type, and he's a typical Andy Reid running back, which I like the pickup. Him and Mahomes have a history. Uh, so the chemistry is probably going to be fairly easy there um, to develop. So and he's got I, more to prove because he's under a contract year too. Right, and and he's and he's in this, within the same division as he was with the Raiders. The Raiders let him go. Yeah, you know, so that that adds. There's always that to Motivation. it when you yeah when you stay within the division to, yeah. to prove that team wrong for letting you walk um, and not paying you or keeping you around or making you feel value, valued. Um, so I like him as a, as a, as a backup as the direct backup to Clyde because obviously Clyde is going to be the guy. I think he's going to get touches up the ass. Um, so um, as far as like there being some kind of like, you know, pit in my stomach feeling when those guys opted out, no, that's not there. Um, I think we're one of the, like you said, we're one of the few teams that could, you know, bear two, uh, you know, important 
pieces of our team are starting running back from last year, our starting Super Bowl running back, you know, opting out, and we don't, you know, miss a beat. You know, I think we're maybe the only team that could do that because we're seeing the shit that's going on in New England right now. Uh, we could be dealing with a situation like that. So, no, honestly, there's no terror. There's no, you know, like I said, pit in my stomach feeling where I, I, I feel worried about it at all. So I think we'll, I think we'll keep the continuity going. I think we'll, our, our spirits are still high. Um, I'm not saying there's, there still could be guys that opt out, you know, eventually. Who knows? Um, knock on wood, nobody else does. Nobody of any importance anyways. But I do trust this front office, and I do trust um, 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 Brett Beach and, and Coach Reed to find guys to fill. You know, even as the season goes on, we've seen it with injuries. We've seen, you know, them find ways to win. We've seen them fill uh, positions that, you know, we lost due to injury and still found success. So I'm not worried at all, honestly. Well, they have till uh, the players – uh, the NFL players have, I believe, until Monday, August 3rd to, to opt decide. out or yeah. not. Uh, so they do have a few days. They have uh, the weekend to really think about it. And I, I definitely think there is impact when you see guys like LDT in particular yeah. um, that is a doctor that is willing to sacrifice essentially his career to do so. And we talked about that last week. Um, so I, I do believe we're going to see other names, whether it's on to be on the Chiefs or not. I don't know. Right. Uh, we heard Travis Kelsey and Tyron Matthew talk on uh, radio this week in local radio uh, addressing some of these matters, and it sounded like they were very confident that the mo- majority of the team's going to stay in place, uh, which is obviously what we want to hear, especially if it means that they can stay safe while playing and continue. And, as well. and I do so, believe Damian Williams will would be here if it wasn't for his family situation. Absolutely, There's I don't no think question. he he's he's worked his ass off to get just to where he was and and, and took advantage of the biggest opportunity of his yeah. life last year and flourished. And you can hear it in his voice too when he's being interviewed that it was it's a tough thing. I Absolutely, mean, like I talked about, it's a tough decision for any player that knows because the window is so short let Mm. alone being on a great team like this to pass up on the opportunity has to be something significant and i'm just glad and and i'm just glad he was able to have the success that he had last year to you know feel you know okay with making that decision obviously it's his mother so even either way if he made he had success last year or not I mean, I don't blame you for making the decision that he did. So I'm just, I'm just glad he has that ring on his finger while doing that with his. Not mind. at all. I agree. Uh, so let's get to Gat Chats. Uh, what are the questions tonight, Gat, that you have for us? It's always nice to have you in this si- si- situation because usually Eddie's always abroad somewhere, and you know Gat's here with us. <laughs> I just feel like you know she she really brings it home. I feel like we're we're just one big happy family in here. Yeah. But you know what? We miss our guy Eddie. But I'm willing to you know sacrifice a night with Eddie to hang out with Gat and to you know hear her voice a little bit more often. In fact. I've had some really good responses. The, the fans like you. The fans, the viewers <laughs> like when Gat's on the Spoken Podcast. So I take this opportunity whenever we get it. I think I should start out with a yo, yo, yo. <laughs> there it is. Copyright Eddie, infringement. Absolutely. I'm going to hear from Eddie's lawyers any minute now. Or Eddie's <laughs> super like, fans. Are you fucking? They're at the door right now. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like a housewife's moment. It's like, we're just going to clear out. Check, for, Do- check for Donnie here. in the chat. Yeah, you know? it's like 9 o'clock at night yeah. and they're wearing glasses. You know they're for real, man. Uh, everything that's been going on in the chat has been hilarious. Uh, I want to say shout out to Stephen York. Uh, they're with River Region Wrestling. If you guys haven't paid attention to that yet. Um, they do a live stream on Tuesdays. Uh, they say, as a Saints fan, I really like that Patrick kid running y'all's offense. And I'm like, it almost seems like they think that like because he's running the offense, we're going to be more flagrant and like messy. And I'm like, I don't think you guys realize this. Like, I, We're in what? Back-to-back years of him being number four quarterback, yeah. right? Mm. Uh, I know it's too soon to talk about this. But at the same time, like, why have people not woken up to Mahomes yet? Why do they not think he's the real deal? I, I'm wondering what it is. And it's not about it's other you. quarterbacks. It's not about Lamar Jackson. 
or whoever the fuck they put in front of him. It's it's about why are people not sold on him? I think it has a lot to do with him and the weapons that he has and the situation that he walked into. But then you can have the counter argument of Alex Smith had the exact same thing in the exact same situation. Obviously, that proves the, the talent difference between Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. But I just think a lot of people, similar to how, I mean, even with Lamar Jackson, he walked into a good situation. That, that Baltimore is one of the most well-known best coach teams obviously with Harbaugh is a great coach walked into a good defensive situation had weapons I don't understand honestly why people are still sleeping on Mahomes and why he's the third ranked quarterback it doesn't make any sense um I, that that whole ranking was a players thing right and Siren Matthew even addressed that on right uh, when he was getting interviewed a couple days wasn't ago in, so it was in November though wasn't it last year that. so he was he was being interviewed it, it, it's basically like a press conference just on zoom right. uh and he was addressing all the questions from various beat writers for whatever wherever they're coming from you know in regards to Chiefs content and uh, the question was asked uh, about that particular uh poll or list and Tyron Matthew said that according to Tyron Matthew his experience is they asked these guys to fill out these these dockets basically after practice. Mm. And he doesn't like that. He hates it because he says at that point when it's hot as shit and you're tired as shit and you just got on signing like 300 autographs, you just want to go eat and relax and get an AC. The last thing you're trying to do is fill out a docket about right. your peers and who's the best at what. So these guys are just filling stuff out like, hey, who's having a better season? This oh, who do you think, you know, who did good last year? They just fill that name out. When Mahomes so, was hurt dealing with injuries and we had lost Two two home games, I believe, during that 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 time span when they're doing those rankings. So and Lamar yeah, Lamar was absolutely okay. balling. So yeah. so so I, I yeah. get the I get the context of it. I just don't know if I necessarily believe that that's what the NFL does or the NFL Network does. Rather, right? I, I think that they do because every single year you have this "what the hell are you talking about" type of thing. Like even in this one in particular, they don't have Carson Wentz in the top one hundred. They got Josh yeah. Allen in the top eighty. Right? Like that's crazy. Hello, aren't you guys yeah. Josh Allen <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying it's Come like on. Carson Wentz is clearly a better football player let alone quarterback yeah. than Josh Allen well they had Kyler Murray behind Josh Allen too you know which, which I, I I still think I think Kyler Murray is obviously obviously the better player but Josh Allen yeah people um, are still sold on the guy and that's why I mean yeah. the, Eddie, the Eddie Hour questions are strong he does mention why was Lamar Jackson uh, number one in the NFL top 100 so that's kind of segues into that question yeah. why why Lamar Jackson well and, uh, let me let me first address like I, like I stated earlier I, I naturally hate these lists I think they're again just show fodder just to get the NFL network through this tough started. time yeah, yeah. Um, but to answer the question if I'm looking at it from a perspective of someone that actually thinks that way uh, I think it's just the it's you're caught up in the moment of him having such a statistically dominant season. He was so fun. He was basically like that that retrofit of Michael Vick of the early 2000s, where it was it's flashy and it's cool. It is. It's exciting. I yeah. love watching Lamar Jackson play football. But that but begs, is he the best at yeah. what he does? No, not but saying no. that at the same time begs the question to me to why was it so? If that's the case, then why it wasn't Patrick Mahomes number one last exactly. year? Exactly because he was he by far and away the best player in the league and was yeah. the MVP of the league last year and threw for five thousand and fifty. So why, if that's the same argument, that's got to you know stay Be, consistent. And, and this is my theory again. I think if it, I don't, I don't personally believe that these players are the ones filling these out. I think the NFL Network does it, yeah. and they they discuss amongst themselves how do we get as much uh, traction and traffic and clicks as possible. Who's the most polarizing figure in the NFL? Patrick Mahomes. He has been for the last two seasons, right? How do we contra bring controversy out of this? You put him lower than he should be. If they put him at number one, everyone's going to go, yeah, and they move on. There's no yeah, controversy. Yeah, yeah. But if you drop him, not one spot, two spots, but three spots, what are we doing right now on our show? We're literally talking about this. It yeah. worked. 
I think that's what they're doing because, again, you have names that should have been on the list that weren't even on the list at all. You have Tom Brady at 14. For <laughs> Christ's sake, Tom Brady's the 14th best. The dude yeah. needed a wheelchair that's to just, go to the sidelines, guys. Name, name value is And he's the is. 14th best player in the NFL. Yeah. My, my ass. No way. <laughs> so that's what I think happened. If you want to get me triggered, that, that's working. But it's not. Yeah. It, I'm just. I'm just gonna leave it right there. Honestly, I think this I don't, is all just yeah. a setup. I don't even give a shit about that list. It doesn't. Yes. It's meaningless to me. And it's. But Patrick Mahomes is gonna use it. He's right. gonna use he, it, and I love he, it. Yeah, he, he put the little that. check mark. Yeah. He's like, oh, bet. Just more fuel cool. fire. I mean, thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. Taking them notes, baby. Take, take them notes. Office, just right. a little meme. Uh, there is actually a civil battle going on in the chat tonight. Um, uh, I guess Donnie and Billy are arguing over Eddie. Uh, Imagine Billy, that. Since Billy doesn't drink, <laughs> I guess mine. Donnie thought he saw Eddie give Billy a margarita, and now they're fighting because oh, I shit. don't drink, and it's like, is that a flavored water? So apparently they're Eddie, on the get your train hose. just like you are. Get I would imagine hose, that Billy. I would imagine that Billy holds onto that moral high ground when he's around people that know him to be that guy. Yeah. But I think around Eddie, there's a margarita or two around. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, Eddie changes his last name for him. That's the least he could do is drink it's a margarita least, with yeah. Eddie. Even if yeah. it's a virgin margarita, no one's gonna judge you. Just get a little salt in your You're good. You're good. So. Uh, speaking of the Patriots, since you brought up Tom Brady, yeah. you know, and they're all crying because Tom Brady's not there anymore. It is kind of funny to watch. Oh yeah, my, like, what, Patriots fans are like, "Who gives a fuck?" We have a the Empire season. is burning. The Empire like, is burning. How is that care. not entertainment? How is that uh, not Cam, entertainment? They got Cam Newton. Eddie is really wondering: Are the Patriots tanking for Trevor Lawrence? Okay, now Trevor, you guys know this. I have been saying this for I how long? I fucking hate this uh -oh. shit. I've been hey, saying this for how long? Oh, Jesus. Now, I understand the circumstances are different because we didn't, when, when this all was happening, I didn't think that we'd have eight or seven or eight Patriot players opt out due to COVID. But I was of the belief because of the roster's issues, because of the fact that at that time, they didn't have a proven quarterback or a quarterback we even know is worth a damn. Because of the fact they have 15 draft picks and knowing good and well that there are not one but two really good quarterbacks coming out in this draft, it makes all the sense in the world that 43-year-old Tom Brady is gone. Bill Belichick is going to do what he can to get himself as close to as possible getting that next star quarterback to rebuild and basically make a volume two, or hoping to make a volume two of said dynasty he created with Tom Brady. There's no way in the world he's going to go and get a six-round quarterback and do what he did with Brady. That ain't going to ever happen again. That's an anomaly. What he has to do is go and get himself a top-tier talent. I believe Cam Newton, we addressed this, Cam Newton will make them better, but are they good? No. So that is the point. I think they're going to be bad this year. I'm going to stick with it. I think the Patriots are going to suck, and I do believe they're going to do everything in their power to fight the Jaguars to get Trevor Lawrence in the 2021 draft. Uh, I definitely don't think they're tanking. I don't. I just cannot, for the life of me, come to convince myself that Bill Belichick is going to tank a season. I just don't. He's just. He's never proven to be that guy. Um, he's always, you know, done his job to, to win the game. Um, do I think they're gonna suck? I don't know. This has been so up and down for me because at moments I feel like when Cam Newton initially went there, me and he, you were having a conversation at the house about how he felt about it. I was pretty confident that they were going to win, you know, 10 to 12 games again, um, which I still feel could definitely happen just off the sheer will of, of Cam Newton's abilities. Um, if he is who he is, if he is Cam, that Cam Newton that we know and love, um, I just, I, there's still a way they could find, you know, to get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the only, I guess the only way they would get, be able to get Trevor Lawrence is to tank, but I just can't see, I just can't see Bill Belichick tanking the season. I just can't see. I know they've lost some defensive pieces. I still think they can be competitive in the AFC because the AFC's talent pool has dipped a little bit, and we have people trying to, you know, 
you know, we have like teams like the Broncos and the Chargers trying to make you know make a name for themselves in the AFC. But I still think the Patriots will be a contender in the AFC. I truly believe that with Cam Newton. So no, I do not believe that they're going to try to tank. I don't. You know what else Trevor couldn't see? Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. How'd that work out? That wasn't just me. I mean, that was an yeah. awful lot of. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Because I, I mean, like, they, they, I mean, Bill Belichick had an awful successful season with a, a guy named by the name of Matt Castle. So, and that was with the lesser defense that he has and now. And now he has, and now he has Cam Newton at the helm. So I think they'll be okay. I, I personally think <laughs> oh, they'll be okay. Man, I got so much shit for saying on Midwest Mike's fully loaded uh, that on the Mount Rushmore of Chiefs athletes, I would put Matt Castle in the very back, mm. glaring at everyone, just reminding us how far we've come from sixty-three million dollars on. Him and fucking Vrabel came the same year, I feel yeah. like. And Vrabel was a coach like a season later. Like No, Matt Castle like, will be on the Mount Rushmore. He's the guy that's cleaning the faces to yeah, keep them nice and like, sharp so when the sun hits it, it looks real nice and beamy. Exactly. He's going to be on the Mount Rushmore. He's just the guy working the, Him and Debo, the night man. crew, the night shift. I feel like it's got to be a question because the NBA is going on right now, and I mm. feel like that's where a lot of Eddie's focus is. Maybe he's betting on it more. I don't know. Um, he wants to know why the Lakers – struggled to beat a Clippers team who was missing six players, right? Is it is it COVID? Is it is it just depression? Is yeah. it missing their friends? Like what what's going on there? Well, okay, let, let me put it like this. The NBA went at a complete standstill in early March. They did not play any type of games or any type of activities until literally a couple weeks ago. The Lakers are one of the older teams in the NF in the NBA which means it's going to take them some time to really get back to what they were. Now, luckily, they have one of the best teams in the NBA roster-wise and on paper, and they have the two of the five best players in the NBA today. That's what got them over the hump yesterday. What's funny to me, though, is that everyone's sitting here talking about, I've, I've seen it all over the place, not even just Eddie's question, it's the fact that everyone's giving excuses to the Clippers, the same team that's done everything in their power to take the regular season, the first regular season and this regular season, as little seriously as possible. They have not taken any of this seriously. They've just thought they're going to write it all out and they'll just end up in the finals and that'll be that. But that hasn't worked out for them whether they were healthy or not because they didn't play a lot of games together as, start, as, a, as a, a full-fledged nucleus all season long. They have had injuries, yes. You know who else has had injuries and players missing? The Lakers. They don't have Avery Bradley. They didn't get Avery Bradley, who hit six three-pointers against the Clippers the last time. They don't have Rashawn Rondo, a, a profound veteran, who I'm not big on anymore, but is a big-time brainiac. The guy is super cerebral and knows the game, could absolutely help this team out from an analytical standpoint. They didn't have those guys. Not to mention, LeBron James had his worst shooting night of the season last night. So we can make all these excuses for the Clippers, which I understand they didn't have their full team. They haven't had their full team all year. And the Lakers, once again, had their own obstacles to overcome. The layoff, LeBron playing, shooting horribly until the fourth quarter. Anthony Davis disappears in the fourth quarter, scored zero points in the fourth quarter. Still overcame that. No Avery Brady, no, no Rashawn Rondo. They still found a way to get it done. They had Deion Waiters, who didn't play for all of last season practically, practically playing starter minutes last night. So, yes, the Clippers deserve some excuses because the excuses are valid in some regard. But the Lakers have their own too. So them winning a, a, a one-possession game shouldn't really shock anybody because both of these teams know each other so well. They're both equally talented. I, last I checked, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both started healthy last night. There is no excuse as to why they couldn't win that game either. So we can flip that on the Clippers too.
Yeah, and they both, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both played well. They both scored, you know, 28 to 30 points apiece, right? And they both had an opportunity to, to win the game in the end, but they didn't. Um, either way, I mean, we're talking about the two of the best teams in the Western Conference, the Western Conference facing each other. Um, both, who had, both teams who had their number one, their number one and number two players available who were playing. So that, that's all you really need to worry about going in. So it's, it being a closer game isn't a negative on the Lakers, and it isn't necessarily a negative on the, on the Clippers. It was just a good game. And if we're being honest, LeBron, obviously, this is the first game playing in months, right, on a, on a neutral court, right, where there was no home court advantage or no, no extra uh, uh, um, boost uh, for a, a team being a visitor team because we know you get a boost being a visitor team too because you have to over, overcompensate by not having the fans backing you. So sometimes that gives you a boost too. So that's, this is a whole new extreme for everybody. We've seen almost every single game has been close so far. There hasn't been an absolute blowout yet. Um, that's because we've seen teams have leads and double-digit leads and blow those double-digit leads, and the other team takes a double-digit lead, and then they blow it because it's all neutral right now. Everyone's playing on a neutral court. Um, it was an entertaining game. LeBron definitely looked rusty. Um, AD was rusty at, at moments as well, but he definitely had a great third quarter, uh, which boosted them. Uh, um, but it was competitive all the way around, and both teams were missing pieces. You know, so it's not really that big of a deal to me, honestly. I, and plus, like I said, this, this, the Lakers, all they really needed to do was put this game away, and then they can just coast the rest of this, this bubble tournament, whatever yeah, you want to call it. Six and a half game lead this is what I'm for saying. the first so seed. This, yeah. this, this is not, it's not worth LeBron going all out and risking his body, you know, game one of this bubble tournament. To, for what? They're already the number one seed. All they needed really to do was put the Clippers away. They did enough to do that, regardless if the Clippers had, you know, their 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 two best bench players or you know whatever. It doesn't. To me, that's not even the big the biggest talking point. The talking point is the Lakers won the game. LeBron closed the game, and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both had a chance to finish it too, and they didn't. So that's that's all you really need to know because in the end, all the LeBron haters want to talk about did he win? Did he win? He won. Okay, so that's. Kawhi Leonard and the guys you like hit to the game-winning shot and locked down not only Kawhi Leonard but Paul Won George the in the same game. possession to end the game. Right, and, and then gave, and then gave a shout out to John Lewis. And it's sports. Three minutes. And it's sports, man. How many times have we seen teams that were were the underdog or the the the, the, the better team struggles against you know a lesser competition? It doesn't matter. The four the four superstars in that game were all available. They were all going at it, and the Lakers came out on top. That's all you really need to know. It doesn't matter if they won or by a blowout. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Uh, Eddie is in the house. Yeah. What's up? Yo, yo, yo. Fuck you. Update that. Uh, he goes, Lakers sucked. <laughs> that's, that's his kind Eddie, log off for the night. You're I drunk know. again. Uh, everyone's Go really excited. Football, Eddie's buddy. here. It's he had a sip of a margarita and he's drunk already. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> I guess I guess that's a thing. Um, we just can't. We can't avoid him. He's just always there. I'm just glad he's here. Eddie sits I down to I just want him to know that I'm trying to do his questions just justice. Uh, the bubble is a weird place to play sports, I feel like. It feels like summer camp, it's but get, prison yeah. at the same it's time. It's like an AAU tournament. It's <laughs> right. AAU like tournament. LeBron and Dame, I think, both said like it's like going to do a bid. You know, like you're, yeah. you're going to do time, bro. And it's like, surreal, too, seeing the other players from the other teams, like the Blazers and all them, just sitting there watching <laughs> the other game. It's like high school, man. Like, back when we go on tournaments, yeah. and like the other yes. teams are waiting to, like, get their ass kicked. That was usually us. But, yeah. like, we would sit there like, God damn, we have to play weird. these guys? Fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's I not going to be good. It. So with the bubble thing, I don't know if, how MLB is doing because it turns out that they're having a lot of problems figuring out how to deal with COVID. Uh, but the one the one thing that we heard nonstop about was Joe Kelly, obviously, right? So Joe Kelly comes out, uh, talks some shit, 
throws some pitches. Mm. Uh, but he was suspended eight games, which is equivalent, like in bubble terms, that's 22 games <laughs> in a full season. Is this the MLB telling pitchers that if they intentionally want to hit Astros players, they will be seriously punished? <laughs> Fuck it, dude. That's pretty much what the MLB did. The yeah. MLB, I mean, I'm sure this is going to shock everybody that's that's listening and watching this right now. The MLB handled this wrong. What? Yeah, breaking fucking news, guys. No. The MLB didn't do this right. Yeah, they, what al- I mean, what they I- also spent way too much time suing me, so I know <laughs> that they are not really good at time management. So well, yeah, yeah. So, so here, here's the thing. Am I in support of someone throwing at a player's head? No. I don't think that's right. And I'm not going to defend Joe Kelly in that regard. But you know what else is worse than that? You know what's worse than, than throwing at someone's head? Cheating to the point where you're actually winning a World Series because you cheated. Yeah, where was the discipline there? Joe Kelly plays for the Dodgers who got beat by that Astros team who won that World Series in 2017. You know where Joe Kelly was before that? The Boston Red Sox. And in 2017, guess where Joe Kelly was pitching? With the Boston Red Sox. And who beat the who beat the Red Sox in the 2017 ALCS? The Astros. Joe Kelly has a lot of vested interest in this. That's why he was calling Correa a little bitch and was giving him all the little smiley cry crybaby faces and said, go fuck off. Because that was that was genuine anger. This is the beautiful thing about baseball, whether baseball fucks things up or not. They police themselves as players because they know that the commissioner considers their own trophy that they try to achieve and fight so hard to get as a piece of metal. So they got no respect for that guy. So they got to take things, they got to take matters in their own hands. Joe Kelly took matters in his own hands, and him getting an eight game suspension for simply trying to serve justice is ir- it's, it's, it's irresponsible, it's reprehensible, it's wrong. It's anything, every word that Stephen A. Smith could come up with, that's what it is. It's just, it's an embarrassment, and the MLB, quite frankly, is an embarrassment. We have an entire team going out and partying while we're resuming sports, and now we don't, we may not even have the sport through, what, five, six, seven games in? Yeah, they said it could. It Thank could, you, Ron Swanson. They, I agree, because I'm triggered right now. They said it could, there was a report, too, that they, they could shut the MLB down by Monday. Again, if it's if it's if they start getting continuing getting more cases, honestly, and that's a lot of that's on the players too, uh, with this COVID shit. A lot of suppose a lot of players haven't been wearing masks, and you know the spitting continues, and then you know the no one's social distancing as far as I know. So a lot of that goes on the players too, and the MLB is just a, a shit show right now. But yeah, the fact that they were so quick to to suspend him uh, that fa- that quickly compared to how quick, you know, what the, the, the duration of time it took them to suspend the Astros and, and, the, uh, the players there in that situation, just the imbalance there is appalling. It's just, it's just another example of the shitty management of, of the MLB. So it's honestly not a surprise to me, but I honestly hope it continues. It's the only part of the in- real entertainment that's, that's going on in the MLB right now. So continue it. Absolutely. Yeah. Trevor's here to see the city burn, huh? Yes, yeah. burn it all I down. I mean, if we're going to like all go down in flames, we might as well be entertained by it all. So <laughs> that, I'm that's all not been the biggest story of the MLB so far. It's that's not. the best thing. And then, yeah. there's, and then his Instagram post was, dude, was that, was, that was actually his Instagram that posted that, right? Yes. That was, yeah. I, but that's I the thing love about it. baseball is like, no matter how boring it can be at times, the, oh, but the personalities, yeah. The, the, the tradition of it and the, the way that they uphold that kind of tradition. Eight games is hefty, too. I think we should hold up the Lynn Dawson tradition of smoking cigarettes at halftime. <laughs> and drinking a fresco. I think, I think every quarterback should have to smoke cigarettes just so they can prove that he's you know, a stogie. They're, they're that tough. That's all. Dude, yeah. Pat Mahomes Sr. would whoop Patrick's ass if he was caught smoking a, a Marlboro Red. <laughs> can you imagine the in whole the city? locker room? <laughs> That'd be more of a try. Like, like I, I, we've got some bad news this week, guys. 
it's uh, it's a tragedy for people everywhere in Kansas City that Travis Kelsey and mm. Kayla have appeared to break up. Is that really a tragedy? Because I feel like a lot of ladies are loving that fact. Look, I'm not thirsty. I'm not desperate. I told her not to. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about I'm seeing women I, on their, I like... I can't relate, you know. I'm, I'm very much a <laughs> saint. I told her not to I leave never... him, but... Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. <laughs> My dad saint. is Dorothy Mantooth. I am Dorothy Mantooth. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I heard about this. Look, I try to stay out of the whole, like, personal lives of oh, celebrities wow. and athletes and stuff because, I mean, they, they don't care about mine. Why the hell would I care about theirs? They're humans just like I am. I just appreciate their profession. But, yeah, it's you know just because yeah yeah i, I kind of thought like that was a a cool little thing that they had going on and she's obviously gorgeous he's he's a great looking dude it makes sense they're together i mean you never want to see people like sad or miserable if that's in fact how they feel but yeah. then again maybe they're better off this way i have no idea i've never hung out with them together so i have no idea how that goes but we'll see <laughs> we'll see what happens next i, 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 yeah. I told her i told her not to leave him yeah <laughs> I saw Trevor's phone not, light up late I'm at not, night. I'm not, wor- I'm not yeah, worth it, man. Kayla. It's just Kayla. <laughs> no big deal. We're besties. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what we got for Gatchat slash the Eddie Hour. Perfect. We got a huge Monday mailbag. Perfect. Let's get to Jeez. it. Let's get to it. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. When we get back. It's the Monday mailbag. KC Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at KC Hemp Co. Mail time. Mail time. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Woodwell, here inside the KCP and studios with my guy, Trevor Woodwell. What's good? Not Eddie Ortiz, not Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo. He decided to hang out with the family, which I totally understand, but that doesn't mean that he's not in line for a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, jocularities, if you will. And we got our lady, Miss Gat, here. Uh, Just got done with the Eddie Hour slash Gat Chats, which we highly appreciate. She's uh, multitasking tonight, producing while entertaining the masses with us as we continue to roll through this show, which seems like it's been flying freaking by. Uh, We're going to go to our favorite segment of the night, my personal opinion, because we get to interact with you guys a lot more directly, which is the goal here, which is why we even started doing the live stream to begin with. Uh, We have ourselves the Monday Mailbag, which we promote every single Monday. You guys post your topics, debates, discussions, points whatever you guys want to give us and we're going to discuss it here on the show so let's not waste any more time gat what do we got in the monday mailbag we've got a need that donnie couch needs some friends okay like we've got 33 th- questions no, i'm kidding 30. donnie we're so glad to have you week after week uh we got to start at the very very top so we're going to scroll all the way up here hey guys and my favorite member of the spoken and true backbone of the show lance twidwell does dave Tobb deserve more credit for keeping the chief special teams consistent in his tenure uh, yeah, I think I think he deserves a lot of credit. Um, guys like Dave Tobe get overlooked a little bit just because of the fact that it's special teams. And as we go further and further into the future, if you will, uh, special teams starts to be viewed a little bit more irrelevant uh, more and more every single year. But we got to remember that we've had incredible coaches like John Harbaugh uh, go from being a special teams coach to being one of the greatest coaches of his generation. Uh, I don't know if that's ever going to be Dave Tobe. I think he's a little bit later in life than John obviously was when he took over the Ravens. 
Nevertheless, uh, Tobe has been here for as long as he has because he gets results. He gets things done. I, I don't like some of the lack of awareness sometimes where the Chiefs get these stupid penalties, it seems like, all, every single week. But overall, I mean, I don't think, and, and we're gonna do we're gonna do this really hard real quick. Um, I don't Jesus. think the Chiefs have given up a single kick return since Dave Tobe has been here in the last seven seasons. I don't think they've given up a single kick or punt return since he's been their uh, special teams coach. So without question, Tobe deserves a ton of credit. Yeah, I personally, honestly, I have mad respect, and I love Dave Tobe. Um, especially, I think he was a he played a big vital role for Tyreek when he first came into the league, um, learning how to utilize him. And we all saw Tyreek's breakout year. I mean, the year when he, as soon as he hit the field, I mean, he was an, incre- an incredible weapon. I think you can credit Dave Tobe to that, to getting him ready and, and acclimated into the, the system. Um, and we saw, we, you know, like position coaches, positional coaches, at the, that's a hard thing to do because if anything goes wrong, you know, you're getting looked at immediately. It's not always the head coach that gets looked at immediately. In the end, it will be the head coach um, that pays for a lot of that and takes the brunt of the blame. Um, and any head coach would take the brunt of the blame for anything like that. But Dave Tobe's always been a, 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 he's always displayed humility. He's always been the first to tell, you know, if, if there's a shitty moment in the game and it possibly cost him the game or was a, a vital part of the game that w- almost cost us the game, he's always the first to talk about it and admit his faults, um, not having his guys ready, prepared for a certain play or whatever. But we also seen him have his guys ready, like big moments, like in the, the Texans playoff game this past season. When that big turn of events play happened, when the, the you know they tried to do that fake and we were ready for it, and Daniel Sorison was there, uh, or the ball popped up and you know we had guys ready to catch the ball with Darwin Thompson being there, just guys being alert and ready. Um, it, it's that's a that's a tough position to coach because um, you're you're responsible for so many guys, you know. So um, and it's that's probably the most unpredictable part of football is special teams. You know, you never know which way the ball is going to bounce. You never know what's going to happen, who's going to get blindside blocked. So many different things. Um, so that's a lot of responsibility. He's been one of the best at doing that. Um, I do hope he has a, a, a career as a head coach eventually in this league because I think he, he will be a good head coach eventually. But, yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll learn how to pronounce his name. That'll be exciting. It's Tobe. Tube. Yeah, I, I don't. I've, tube. You say tube? I've heard, no, I've heard, tube. People, I've heard people pronounce it that way. I'm just saying. No wonder Donnie asked about the tube of toothpaste and then Dave Tube. Clearly, we've just been There's talking a, about the coach. The connecting Hello. dots. Correlation there. Yeah. Uh, Donnie asked a really great question here. Um, he said, "So far, and I know the NFL season is young. And is there a better candidate for the NFL Walter Payton Man of the Year award than LBT?" Man, that's a that's not. I don't even think that's a good question because I don't think there's any question. Um, there are some really good guys in the league. Uh, you have your Greg Olsons. You have you know, you can name them. I mean, there's Breeze. great dudes in the league. Uh, let's chill on Breeze for just a second. But yeah, overall Breeze is a good guy. But great guy. Uh, well, he's donating what five million. No, no, he's yeah. Breeze has been donating the shit out of some money, so I'm gonna definitely give him some praise. But my point is, there's been a lot of guys that deserve that uh, that honor every single year to be able to sacrifice your career essentially, like I, like I said earlier, and, and to, to walk away from an opportunity of adding another ring, which could even potentially put people into other careers or even the Hall of Fame mm. just because of ring totals, we've seen that consistently too. LDT is saying, I'm going to walk away from all of those awesome opportunities to simply help those that need help. And, and, and he doesn't even know what he's really walking into. Yeah. And that's, I, I don't know if there's anything more honorable 
than that, to, to sacrifice your own wants and desires, something you've worked your ass off for tirelessly watching game film late into the night, uh, snapping your freaking leg on the field and coming back from that and putting up an incredible follow-up season and winning a ring. Like, I could continue to sing the praises of LDT, but to put it as bluntly and as honestly and as quickly and as efficiently as I possibly can, I would be rather disappointed if they did not award him that just from the optics standpoint alone. I mean, there's more examples to go as the season goes on because it's obviously this, it's not, that's not voted on yet. There's a lot of things that could happen. J.J. Uh, Watt's always a guy up there for, for what he does with that community. He's one of the best humanitarian people uh, as far as, the, you know, a spokesperson for doing things for his community in this league. Um, what he did during the floods and all that stuff in, in, in Texas was incredible. The guy's definitely always doing something. Drew Brees is always a candidate as well. There's a bunch of... Uh, guys that are always up there in the running. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is always one of those guys. Um, so you can throw a bunch of those names in a hat. And there's always a guy that pops up, too, that does something. Um, who knows? Patrick Mahomes could be one of those guys, too. You never know. Um, but, yeah, LDT, I, in my mind, as far as right now, I mean, for you to drop, you know, for you to leave your career in a dangerous game and then go into a more, even more dangerous field uh, to provide help, you know, um, whether in Canada or in the U.S., no matter where he's doing it, he's you know he's he's using his expertise to help for a, a greater cause for the the community of this this country or Canada's country. Um, so I mean, it doesn't get much more extreme than that. You don't sacrifice much more than that than what he did. So he's definitely deserving of the award for sure. I dig that. Um, so we're gonna stick with the Chiefs. We're gonna get through a few of the Chiefs questions that Donnie has. Uh, if Brett Veach continues to build up this linebacker core. With younger and faster talent, will it cover up for the lack of talent at corner, even though I can see Brett Veach continue to take late-round corners? Oh, it absolutely could, because I've seen what this team can do without that said depth at linebacker, yet the corners continue to get the job done. Uh, I want to give, and not to go around Donnie's question, but I, I do think that although the corners position isn't elite in Kansas City, I think that they deserve a little bit more credit than what they get on a normal basis because although they don't have, like I said, glamorous names and big-time recognizable figures, they've done very well. Bashad yeah. Breeland and Charvarius Ward, I mean, we've praised him on here. I think Charvarius Ward is going to be the breakout player of the Chiefs this year. I truly believe that. I think he's going to finally start getting recognition because of his growth every single year we see it. Um, but to answer your question, Donnie, now directly, yes. If, if Willie Gay Jr. pops and this guy ends up becoming the next Luke Keekley or, or, or Bobby Wagner-style guy, then yeah, we're not. We're gonna be like, what cornerback situation? We don't. I mean, because the the middle of the field is gonna be so filled up and so strongly rectified that we're not even gonna be worried about the middle of the field more. Therefore, making the cornerbacks' position and the safeties for that ma- that that matter even easier. With Juan Thornhill now uh, on the pup list to start the season, you're gonna need your linebackers to be as 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 on point as possible. So yeah, I definitely think it's gonna help not just the cornerbacks, but like I said, the safeties and the guys up front, the interior defensive linemen, their jobs are gonna be a little bit easier too. It's gonna work out for everybody if these linebackers click. That's the that's the that's the beauty of being a Chiefs fan right now. We 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 have depth everywhere already. Um and the maybe the most shallow positions we have is probably corner. Um but we're building depth. It's been so long since we've had depth like this on the defensive side. Um, we've had, we've always had, we've had good offenses here and there. We've had good you know, wide receiver cores and good. We've always had great running back production in Kansas City. Um, About to have more. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, it's nice to have both sides of the field taken care of. Especially, it's just, it's a glorious feeling, man, to, to see the Chiefs have depth on defense. 
Um, but if you know me, if you ever talk to me about what I want, I always want more corners. I always want more corners. You can't have too many corners um, because they can, they can, you know, we've seen so many corners flame out, you know, and become stuck on an island and not be able to handle it. We could see Traverius Ward absolutely fall off and shit the bed this season. That could very well happen. I don't expect it to because I think he's going to take the next step because he's already kind of overachieved and I think he can build upon that. But I think the, the biggest boost of what, caused that last season for our, 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 our secondary to be that much better was, and we've talked about it, safety play. Tyron Matthew was the, the, the biggest part of our defense last year. We needed that voice. We needed that leadership in the middle of the field. We needed that captain, which is what Eric Berry was supposed to be, and we were missing that. Now, now that we have Gay Jr., I think he could become that next DJ type guy too that could be that vocal leader, that could be the athletic linebacker. So if, those, if, if safety and linebacker, the two captains of the, the defense are taken care of, that only helps the corners so much more with the communication that's there and the leadership that's there. And Spagnolo is the mastermind behind all of it, right? So I think Spag's system uh, and having depth at the corner position, which he's very you know big on the corners and developing corners. He's has he has a rep, represent uh, he has a resume of producing good corner production. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm all for adding consistently adding more depth every season in the later rounds to mid to late rounds. You know, we have guys in our front office, obviously, that know how to, to snipe out, you know, late-round talent, so I'm all for it. I dig that. So, sticking with Chiefs once again, we got to talk about the big news at some point. Patrick Mahomes, our quarterback, is now part owner of the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. Uh, Corey Olsen says, what do you guys think of Mahomes becoming part owner of the Kansas City Royals? Personally, I think it's awesome. Just another tie to Kansas City and can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I feel like when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, not just the man, not just the player, but the man, it's it's like we're watching a movie of like the the coolest guy ever. Like I, I was a big Game of Thrones guy, and and, and one of the uh, characters in that is Jon Snow, and I always feel like he was so morally sound in everything he did, did almost to a point where you're frustrated with it's him. Annoying. How, yeah. yeah, Patrick Mahomes is Jon Snow in that regard. Like he does everything right as a person, where you're like. Who are you? What planet are you from? You're not a human from um, from the Earth. Because we always have errors. We always have flaws. What are your flaws? To, to literally be... Imagine being 24 years old. Star quarterback in a city. And you happen to also be the part owner of the baseball team in that same city. I mean, even the Detroit Tigers who drafted Patrick Mahomes in, in, in the 2017 draft was like... Well, we knew he was going to get in baseball, but they're not mad. They're like, they're saying it in jest. Like, he can't even piss off the team that drafted him, and he chose to take football over them. Like, he does everything right, and I thought this was, like, I did not expect this at all. I didn't expect that he was going to ever become the part owner of the Royals. I mean, I knew he was going to get into business and, you know, Devers and Devers and Ventures and all those other cool things. But to hear it, it still didn't shock me, even though I didn't expect it, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't expect it to happen. When I saw it, I was like, eh, it sounds like something Patrick would do. Because he does everything right. And it excites the fans. It's great from a viewpoint standpoint. I think he's going to help the team make a comeback. I'm, man, I'm just kidding about that. But I think he's absolutely going to help this team move forward in the right direction. Just from the branding standpoint alone. Just from the fact that you know he's going to have a hand in something. I don't know how much he owns of it. But I think it's an awesome thing. I just think it looks cool. It makes everybody feel good. And honestly, we need things like this. We need some positive stories right now in this type of climate that we're living in right now. And Patrick Mahomes just continues to shell them out. So hats off, man. He just continues to prove that he's the greatest thing that's ever happened to this city. Straight up. Not even just sports. I mean, just the, the pure happiness that he's brought. Like I said, not just sports fans, but just the city in general. He's one of the most recognizable people 
people in you know the United States already. It's just from his popularity and, and what he's done on the field, and the success he's had already at this this ripe young age. Um, it's exciting. I, I, I mean, he's a winner, so hopefully he brings that winning. You know, him having that share of the team, and hopefully he can bring you know a winning mentality to the baseball team again. Um, you know, and 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 if he has any kind of say so or any kind of you know hand in the, in the basket of what's you know the what moves are made or you know what you know rebranding or whatever i think he's just he's just a winner at everything he does he's a talented guy he's a smart guy uh he was you know a well-raised guy he's got a great head on his shoulders um so like i said he's the he's the best thing that's happened to this city it feels kind of how it, it was with like peyton manning in, in indianapolis how there was like you know bars named after him sandwiches named after him street names and museums and all kinds of things that that's it's going to be that and more with Patrick Mahomes here because this city has been so starved like like somebody said on Twitter like your your kids are going to be going to the Patrick Mahomes <laughs> yeah. elementary school and the Patrick Mahomes high school it sounds funny but Patrick dude, there's going to be Patrick Mahomes east <laughs> Patrick Mahomes southwest well, okay, you know but George like, Brett never got like schools and shit named after no this him. this, we, this, this is, is he's already this, surpassed George so here's Brett. the thing he's completely gone past George Brett though. yeah yeah because, Super Bowl yeah. is like, a different thing our dad's generation will always love George Brett because of what was he was an, an amazing baseball player. Friend of the player. show. Yeah. Yeah. Friend of the show, absolutely. Yeah. Friend of the show, George But Brett. the problem for George Brett is if you ask some of these people, he had a per, a people problem. Mm. He wasn't good with people. He what? was he was not in, he was very very just bah humbug type of person. I mean, I've heard the same story from 58 different people yeah. Yeah. where you try to ask for an autograph, go fuck off, go fuck yourself. Like that's the kind of attitude you're getting like, bro, you're my childhood hero and you just crushed my soul and I just asked for an autograph. You could say like, nah, I'm not feeling it. That's your prerogative. But to sit there and like literally like verbally assault somebody yeah. just because they asked for your autograph, somebody who adores you, like that's some bullshit. Yeah, the humility that comes with Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. That's what just, I'm it's, 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 it's a different, like you said, he's, he's from another goddamn planet. He's from another planet, man. He's, he's yeah. not... Texas. Like George Brett's talent yeah. was all time like baseball wise, yeah. but if you, can, person, if you can create an athlete that has superstar potential or is a superstar already, not even in the making, is already proven he's a superstar. He already has nothing to prove, and he's who he is, and he has the humility, and he's a, you know the way he delivers and, and 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 you know says things. He doesn't talk down to people. You know, you walk up to him anywhere, he's gonna talk to you. It's not he's never he doesn't have that. He doesn't carry that superstar mentality. Yep. If you had like if you had like an all, like a franchise quarterback starting kit, yep. you just paste copy and paste Patrick Mahomes DNA. He's got it. And you got man. it. And I'm just I can't I'm Please don't get the idea. And we sound like homers. I we just, sound like homers. Well, dude, it's because we've been we've waited for this moment and I speak for a lot of people of the Kansas City area. This is something we've waited for. We've dreamt about this. I, I agree. This is wet dream material, man. I, I, I agree that it's obviously something we've been waiting for, but I, it's even better than what we expected. Right. Therefore, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. like surpassed. to believe. Yeah, yeah. I would like to believe in myself that if Patrick Holmes was to play for the Saints, right. or he got drafted by the Cardinals or something, we'd be saying these same things. It just yeah. it wouldn't have as much meaning to it, us. Through we envy. could just address it. It'd be like, through envy. And, and, yeah. yeah. Like man, covet. we could have got. We could have treated him for the guy, and I'd yeah. be sitting here getting triggered a Ron Swanson type of trigger again. <laughs> Why, like, Why did we treat him for Patrick Mahomes? Now it's us. You know, that could have been now, now it's our turn. Thank right. you. That could have been us. You know, and I could be sitting here bitching about that. Instead, it is us. That's why it man. sounds like we're being homers. We're really just addressing the man and the player for what he really is. Right. We're not used to having nice things. It's exactly. Okay. It's, so don't it's, blow it's it. It's new. It's very new. Um, 
And we got Brian Herbert coming in. Uh, we had him join us a few weeks back as a new fan. Yeah, welcome so back, man. So uh, let's talk about something less positive. Breland's possible for a game or more suspension, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do we cut him and sign a number one? Uh, Logan Ryan is currently a free agent and available. Uh, mm-hmm. He thinks that would be a good fit. Thoughts on the cut? Any good fits out If, if Breland Speaks gets cut, I, I will probably give the Chiefs another standing ovation because I think Brett Veach made another awesome decision. This guy has been... He's, he's been a waste of a pick in every meaning of the words waste of a pick. Um, the people I trust the most, which game study and game film, said this guy isn't even, he has really nothing to his game that even shoots off the board that makes you think that he has promise. Yes, he lost weight. Yes, he looks like he's in great shape and all that. I know guys that go to the gym every single day that can't play football. They're in peak shape. Um, that That's my point is that I think that, uh, that Breland is... If there was a dark cloud over Kansas City at all when it comes to the Chiefs, kind of feel like he'd be him, but he's so irrelevant that it doesn't almost even matter that if he was to get cut, I don't even think it really makes show conversation as much. It might be a one-day thing, but then it kind of just falls into the ether of, of sports news because, again, he's not even contributing to this team at all. They've done so much without him that I don't even think he matters. So if they could cut ties with that type of scenario and go get a Logan Ryan type of player, who I don't even know what, what he would really bring to the table at this time. Solid player. He's a solid player. I don't know what he would bring to this team. I don't know what his fit would be but he is a name and i've seen him actually play football which is something i haven't seen breland speaks do at the nfl breland. level so at this point yeah just cut ties with it if you can if it's possible just go ahead and do it because he was a horrible pick to begin with i didn't even know he was facing suspension what did breland speaks do? it was a performance enhancing drugs if i'm not mistaken uh Yes. I didn't even hear about yeah, he, that. Yeah, he took something that was on the list, the NFL banned, and, and he got caught. And it, I, think gas the, I actually think this was in 2018 when he got suspended. They appealed it. It got moved forward, and then all of 2019 they didn't deal with it because he was out anyway. And now that he was making his comeback, I think he has to serve the suspension this season if, in fact, he ends up making the team. Uh, hmm. I think they uh, were talking about Brashad Breland in this situation. So the oh, Breland's supposed to. Okay, Brashad Breland's situation is a four-game because anything. of the cop situation. Right, the cop. So yeah, that, so his I situ- didn't clarify that either. No, you're right. Brashad Breland, Breland Spreaks had a uh, suspension too. I was going right. to say so there was a spin- Okay, so yeah. we got that mixed up. The so Brashad, Brashad Breland, Breland the- situation yeah, is a lot cut. more heavy. I don't want to cut Brashad Breland. No, absolutely yeah. not. No, no, no. If it comes to Brashad Breland, I'm keeping him even if he has to serve the... The appeal situation is going to be difficult in itself. I don't know how that's going to work out. All I do know is that Brashad Breland has played a pivotal role on this team to win a Super Bowl. We just got on talking about how Willie if Willie Gay Jr. peaks and pops, it'll make the situation easier. But even if they even if he doesn't We've seen this Chiefs linebacking core be absolutely abysmal, and the cornerbacks find a way to get the job done. Now, Kendall Fuller being gone from the uh, the, uh, the secondary is going to make things a little bit more challenging, but Rashad Breland has been the number one corner on this team for the last two years. I'm going to give him some respect and say that I think even if he serves a four-game suspension, the Chiefs have to make do without him for four games, that he's deserving and worthy of being on this team even after that. I don't want to see him get cut. Yeah, our cornerback core is, is very young still, and we need that veteran, that guy you know back there that's been there and done it. He's made big plays in big games, and that Patriots game last year was a big play. Yeah, Maybe the biggest play of the regular season, one of the biggest plays of the regular season. Um, so uh, he, he, he has his moments where he, you know, that's a, almost any cornerback. You're going to have moments where you're, you have a down week or two. Um, but for the most part, he was very consistent last year. He made big plays. Um, if he serves a, you know, a game or two suspension, so be it. He, he's not cut worthy in, in the slightest. Um, he might be a knucklehead here and there, but, but I mean, that's <laughs> we've, I mean, I know we've cut guys for less, 
But I, I think this new regime, this new front office, Brett Veach's ways, he's not, you know, we're, this isn't a Marcus Peters situation. Um, so, yeah, I, I, even though I do like Logan Ryan as a player, he would be, I think, a solid replacement if that did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there's similar players, even though I would give the edge to Brashad Breeland. Uh, but Brashad being being a, a part of that Super Bowl uh, team and being a part of the running back crew, I want to do it everything we can to keep the guys that continuity of those that you, crew together. You probably should give us a four game suspension just for mixing up the question like uh, that. I think it was well, it literally just said Breland. Breland. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I was so, confused. Like, well, Breland, I associated. Like, yeah, Breland, Breland speaks. I, was like, I probably I should have clarified. Breland. Yeah, Breland speaks one. actually did have a suspension in play, so yeah. I, that's, that's yeah. what I, th- I figured we were talking about. But yeah, yeah Brashad no. Breland. Two totally different. I way mean, yeah, way more valuable. Breland. Then we can wait. <laughs> just don't understand. Gosh, it's clearly everyone else's fault. Well, it's like when you have a player like with the last name Smith or oh, Johnson. Man. You know we, you're going to have like 12 dudes on that team with funny. that last name. We do have an Alex Smith question oh, here we go. Um, because, you know, Great. he's finally, after overcoming all of the, we've seen what he's gone through to get back on the field. For sure. So doctors have cleared him to play football now. Donnie Couch asks if Alex Smith steps on the field this year. Is he automatically comeback player of the year? I know that might sound crazy, but come on, man! Like the dude, uh, kind of like eating bacteria. Yeah, like, kind of, kind of like what Trevor said in that regard. Uh, what LDT? Like, obviously, there's other guys that are going to be worthy of the award. I feel like if Alex Smith gets an opportunity alone, like if the if, if the football team, the Washington football team, gives him an opportunity to say Dwayne Haskins gets hurt or he's not playing well, and they they're that desperate to get Alex Smith on the field. And he plays decently, and he actually surprises people, and goes out there and plays good football. Then yes, of course. But him just getting on a football roster or getting on the field, I don't think that's going to deem him worthy for comeback player of the year. Because even Eric Berry coming back from cancer, it wasn't just the fact he came back from cancer that Incredible. got him a comeback player of the year. It's the fact he went out there and had an All Pro season. Yeah. If he'd have went out there and played shitty football, he's not winning comeback player of the year. At the end of the day, you still have to perform. Yeah. And so I think if Alex Smith goes out there and sucks ass, or goes out and kicks ass that would be the determining factor not just the fact he got back on a field yeah he needs to be the go away player of the year because he needs to just amen he needs to just take this and just and then we see it with all respect no no no. yeah i'm not saying that as an individual i mean the the sheer will that he had to keep you know his leg and to fight through it and to come back i i will not be able to watch washington games uh washington football team games um if he's out there i just i'll be every time the ball snapped i'll be cringing i just i don't want to I just don't want to see the guy get hurt again. I don't want to, see, like I said last time, it's just not worth it, dude. You're going to yeah, so walk. rooting for the person You're, now. you're coming We're not back. Just rooting for the player. Like right. I said, but like, it'd be different if he was coming to play for the Niners or, 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 or you know, uh, the Ravens or one of these teams that were, had a stacked defense, a stacked roster that was just a true contender. And all they needed was a good game-managing quarterback and a good, get the ball out quick and has a solid running game. If he was on one of those teams that was a true contender, he wanted to take, you know, make a last push for it, fine. You have something to look forward to, but dude, you're, you're in Washington. There's you're gonna be one of the teams in the top five picks again next season. It's not worth risking it for that. And it's not Alex worth Smith, risking a limb for that. Yeah, if it's Alex Smith not. was like five or six years younger, oh yeah, come back, try to get your because you're still within the time frame. But He's even 37 that, years old at but this even time. that man, if he, one more blow to that leg, yeah, he will more than likely lose it. It's not fucking worth yeah, that. It's, it's just not. It's the age factor. It's everything added together. You've in a vacuum made great that like, money. No, you have go a beautiful away, wife. Man. You have you know collect your kids. blessings. Yes, yeah. count your man. blessings. You fought with go, Gary Lezak. Yeah. Like, yeah. in your <laughs> mid, your life is complete. You're in your mid thirties, dude. Go live your life. Go live your life, man. You're beloved everywhere you went. Everywhere. No one hates Alex Smith except me. But everybody, everybody loves Alex Smith except me. And and live your life, man. Count your blessings. 
Yeah, yeah I did a couple of radio interviews back in the day where uh, they were talking. It was right the height of the Royals going to World Series back to back. They were like, if you saw Eric Hosmer or Alex Smith walking down the street, where would you go? And I'm like, go say hi to Haas. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? So I understand that you respect the hell out of him for the, the time he spent and, and the way yeah. that he came back from this. But just go on and please. live your life. Yes. Please. please. Um, so we've got one that I think might trigger you, Lance. And I'm sorry. Lance, if I Lance. haven't been already. I know. Lance. Let's bring on the trigger. Well, first of all, I give you the wrong name, kind of, in That's a roundabout way. But no. I'll hold that L. We, we got we to gotta ask, who has the better career at the end of their playing time? Tyreek Hill or Keenan Allen? <laughs> <laughs> Good old Donnie Couch. Oh. Man, you know, because my guy Donnie calls me the backbone, I have to, I have to entertain this one. Um, <laughs> look, man, Keenan Allen is—he frustrates the living shit out of me because he's so good at football, but he is such a whiny little baby when it comes to social media. He's one of those guys. Most players are. But, but hold on, like, okay, he's awesome at football, but he has not put up consistent great seasons. He's hurt a lot. And I, I get it. And he had his best chance to shine when he actually had a Hall of Fame quarterback. Now he has a guy that's either... Well, he has two quarterbacks. It's either going to be one, the guy that got benched for Nathan Peterman in Buffalo, or a guy who was maybe the fourth or fifth best quarterback in his own draft class. Keenan Allen is fucked when it comes to his actual ability to shine. Because with wide receivers, you, you're obviously on an island. So obviously you're going to get a lot of individual recognition, good or bad. But when you're on a good team, you start to get this extra shine that others don't get. The Chargers are not going to be a Super Bowl team ever in Keenan Allen's career. He's nearing 30. I think he's actually 30 now. So he's in his prime slash at the end of his prime. I don't even know how we're putting him and Tyreek Hill in the same class at this point. Because as Trevor stated, Tyreek Hill is probably the best wide receiver in football, if not top three. Keenan Allen is not a top five wide receiver. And you can flirt with the fact he might not be a top ten receiver at this point. There are so many good wide receivers, so many great wide receivers in this league. I would take several wide receivers over Keenan Allen just from the health factor alone. And the fact that he can't even tag the right guys on Twitter. He's trying to trick get Chris Godwin trying Twitter to serve games, him his purpose, and he can't even. T- and he gets called out by Mike Evans, a far superior wide receiver than Keenan Allen. And 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 fucking Mike Evans even called his ass out and said, "Hey, look, bro, didn't even get the right Chris Godwin, and you're not even on my level, bro. Don't even tag me in this shit." Tyreek Hill didn't even address it. He probably just LOL'd the whole time. Don't put those fuckers in the same sentence because they're not in the same category. They're barely in the same league. That's it. Go ahead. Um, I'm just going to preface. Oh. I'm, I'm going to be a little more soft-spoken than you. I'm going to preface by saying Tyreek, at this point in their career, Tyreek Hill is the better receiver overall. Um, oh, shit. Um, I will say, though, I, I'm actually a big fan of Keenan Allen as a player. Um, I, I actually, He's a great trash talker, too, as well. Um, He's one of the best route runners in this last five, six years. He's he's one of the best, if not the most technically sound receiver in the league. Him and Julio Jones, I think. And, and as far as route goes, uh, pound for pound receivers, he's one of the best. He He's arguably a top five receiver at times. He's just, like you said, he's been stuck in some bad scenarios. Uh, uh, he's, he's you know not been on the best rosters. Uh, and he has had some freak injuries. I think he had a torn ACL and then he had a ruptured spleen. Or something like that. it was a split. I believe yeah. it was a spleen issue. So he's had some two freak things that have ended a couple of his seasons. Um, but when he's healthy, he's right up there with the best. Uh, but he's not at this point in their careers. Tyreek Hill is probably the scariest guy. Him and Christian McCaffrey in the NFL is the scariest guy with the football in his hands. Um, so yeah, 
there's not really a comparison there at this point. But I love it. I love I love the fact that he's calling guys. It makes it makes it something you know makes it fun to look forward to, especially when the matches. Yeah, it's happen, cute because we're gonna face them. Cute. We're gonna face them twice. Hey, but he's gotten the better end of the deal sometimes. When the Chiefs are facing, he's talked trash. Even with him and Marcus Peters, he burned. the Chargers have beaten us once in the last like five six oh, years. Trust me, I'm not. I'm not Super worried Bowl, about the the win. I was loss. at the game too. I'm not worried about the win loss ratio there. But yeah, he's he's fun to watch. Though. He's a talented guy. And, yeah. We just got to entertain this one just simply because it's a new listener. Stephen York asked Tom Brady or Drew Brees, and why? Uh, okay, it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about success, it's obviously Tom Brady time. Tomatoes. Which one can eat tomatoes? <laughs> if, if, if I'm starting my team, I'm taking Drew Brees. I think that Drew Brees, he is the most accurate quarterback of all time. I know he's undersized, but I think that Drew Brees by far is the more accurate quarterback. Um, he's been honestly more statistically consistent than even Tom Brady. Tom Brady actually has the years on uh, Brees. I think he's played two more seasons than Drew Brees has. Um, yeah, I, I would I would take Drew Brees uh, over Tom Brady. As crazy as that sounds, for just from an individual standpoint, uh, I, I know that Drew Brees can be good in multiple systems. I don't know that about Tom Brady. We're going to find out at 43 years old, seeing he's the only 43-year-old quarterback that's going to try to play more than six games in NFL history. Can he do it? We'll find out. But I think that Drew Brees is actually the better overall quarterback from an individual standpoint. Why? Why? Why is this question? Um, Just for you, Trev. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, right now, at this point of the careers, I, I'd probably take Drew Brees just because of youth. And I, like you said, he's he's played in two different systems, and he's he's been great in both. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Drew Brees. Imagine, imagine saying youth for a 41-year-old yeah. quarterback. <laughs> like, yeah, he's got the youth on Brady. How old is Brees? 41. <laughs> like, that's crazy to say. Like, hairline is receding more. <laughs> No, uh, Breeze actually has the worst hairline. Yeah, that's, oh, the yeah. Thing. that's what I'm saying. So like, bad. You know, how are we going to rate these guys? Yeah. yeah, it's so bad. I mean, like, Tom Brady's hairline is strong. Yeah, Brady's, Brady's, or Brady's going to be handsome in 30 years. Like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, this guy, he's got the chisel. But if we're ch- talking fantasy, I might go Tom Brady, though. Because fantasy of, football? Just because the weather. Or another kind like of fantasy. fantasy. Yeah, or both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I think right? Tom Brady's he gets selfish. Trevor gets selfish. Okay. Trevor gets selfish. He really does. Greedy. I love all these hypotheticals, Donnie. Jesus. Like, these are intense hypotheticals. We got to talk about this one because it's pretty pretty solid. Who drafts LaMelo Ball in this year's NBA draft? Mm. Because I don't think it's going to be the Warriors. I think Cleveland might be the place he goes, which oh, it's, sucks. It's going to be the Knicks. It's going to be a lottery pick, though. It's going to be the Knicks. Yeah. yeah perfect I mean, fit for the Knicks. Really? Yeah. I, I love them. I think, that's I think that's that, yeah, he's the best ball brother. I've said it from the beginning. I'll be Lance on the Kings. Huh? <laughs> no, we got we got Darren Fox. Darren Fox is better, anyways. Uh, we gotta um, move the I just want to see. I just want to. Yeah, moving over to Trevor. God so damn it! The Kings. The Kings lost to the Spurs tonight, so our hopes are dwindling. But anyways, <laughs> it actually looks pretty good on Trevor. It does. It just you know natural. You were triggered. You were triggered. Fuck. <laughs> no, I think I think he's gonna go to the Knicks. I think he's gonna go to the Knicks, and I, and I would love to see it because I want to see the Knicks be good. I want to see the Knicks because the Knicks have some good young players on their team. Um, and I think he would fit right in because he's, he's a trash talking kid. He's, he's God. A hot can you imagine kid. Levar Ball in New York with his, no. his son Lamelo? Lamelo's a baller. Bro. I know, but I'm saying like imagine you know Levar is gonna hop on that one, dude. He don't want nothing to do with New Orleans and with dude, Lonzo. That, that would he's would made work. peace with that one. That would work. He's made no, peace no, no, with you know what I mean? Yeah. That would work in New York though, because New York needs that. New York, imagine, you talk like that. Yes. Imagine Levar like Ball sitting next to Spike Lee oh, and, oh and James Dolan. Imagine yeah. James Dolan and LeVar Ball. Bro, yes. the, oh. pub, the pub for New York would be incredible. Oh, never lost. Bro, They're dude. like 17 and 60. I think LaMelo is like, going to be a legitimately good player. <laughs> right. 
Oh my God! The yes, Knicks, please the Knicks, let that happen. Yeah, the Knicks gotta get him. Please let that because he's gonna be a lottery pick, so they're gonna do the the little mix up. Yeah, but that would be badass if he goes to the Knicks. I want to see that dumpster fire. I want to <laughs> see that dumpster. I fire. I think he's gonna be a stud. I like Lamelo. I think he's better. I, than but Lonzo. James Dolan doesn't deserve a good player. So like, if Lamelo goes there, I'm kind of hoping we for the need, bust. The potential. NBA needs the Knicks to, to to be good. So I think he could be oh, that guy. Yeah, clearly because they haven't been good in 25 years, and the NBA is flourishing. I'm just. Well, we need them though. No. Yeah, we need them here <laughs> at the Spoken me, Podcast. Yeah, the biggest market and one of the biggest markets in the NBA and sports in general. The Knicks is one of the biggest sports markets still. So they no, them, them being good would only boost the NBA. Fair so, enough, for sure. Speaking of NBA cities, all that we got to talk about this. Do you think Kansas City can ever get an NBA team again? Yes, yes, because we have Patrick Mahomes. Sold. You all right, know. Corey, your question's answered. We're good. I guess. <laughs> yeah. You think I'm kidding? You think I'm kidding? Watch in ten years, the the NBA is in Kansas City. Bring on the Tim- Timberwolves, baby. Come watch on, it. man. Watch it. The Kansas City, there, there will be a team called the Kansas City Mahomes. I'm not talking about Jesus the name. Christ. But it, it will be because of that man. It, <laughs> he gets what he wants. He does. He gets what he wants. It's going to happen. Yeah. If he just gets a wild hair, he'd be like, you know what? NBA. Tags him. I'm bored. I'd like to watch some basketball You know what I'm saying? Now. Yeah. yeah I, I don't want to go to Tulsa. I would be stoked on life if that happened. Oh, my man. God. It's going to happen. We Get used it. to it, bro. We're not even going to be in our 40s yet. It's going to be happening. It. Yeah, it'd be great. Well, we're ahead of the curve. Kansas City Podcast Network is clearly paving the way for NBA coverage. You heard it here first, boys and girls. You guys know what you're talking about when it comes to NBA, so it's always fun to talk to you about NBA, not only just Chiefs and all that fun stuff. So um, I'm going to put a cap on the Monday mailbag. Dottie, we love you so much. These hypotheticals could honestly carry out to other times. So if we're ever, this is a note-taking group of questions. You can copy and paste them and bring them on to next week. That's cool with me, man. So, uh, for Donnie Couch and the group, uh, we appreciate everybody that has chimed in on the Monday Mailbag. I mean, we've had legitimately like, 40, like 50, 60 questions the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Guys, keep them coming, man, because we're all about it. We love the traffic. We love to see the interactions. So every single Monday, I post that onto the Facebook group. Feel free to chime in. Literally, whatever it is in the sports world, we do not discriminate here, man. It could be about uh, lacrosse. We'll try to figure out our best analytical point of views on that situation. I don't know shit about lacrosse, yeah, but nothing. I'm going to give it a go. I, I, Hopefully, I was an All-American lacrosse player. Oh, there we go. I, Bam. Gats got, got you. Gats got you. Gats got you, guys. That's going to be a catchphrase. Gats got you. Hell I'm yeah. telling you. Hopefully, you'll give us some like NFL, NBA stuff because that's usually where Trevor and I usually yeah, current events, please. You know, pretend to be yeah. smart. So. Next week, so. But thanks again, guys. Seriously. But in the meantime, we're going to get to our final segment of the night. Gat, Trevor, what's it called again? Hold this L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the who? The her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating oh L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. It is time to hold this L. Every single week, what we like to do around here is modestly or not so modestly hand out some L's in the world of sports. Some of the people we like, some of the teams we like, but some of them we just don't give two shits about, and we're just going to make sure and let them know they got an 
an alphabetical letter in the mail, and it's an L. So we're going to start with old lady Gat. Gat, who is holding the L for you this week? Uh, as some of you may know, I'm very into the spiritual world, and I like to channel things every once in a while, right? So I'm actually channeling this L from Eddie, who has given me permission to speak for him. Tonight. I like it. Uh, he goes, as in typical salty fashion, my L goes to the Lakers, who couldn't beat a Clippers team that is missing six players. <laughs> you know what? That, so your that L asshole went, your would L say went that. to a W. Okay. The yeah, L went yeah. to a team who got a W. <laughs> the logic there. No, no, that makes sense. That sounds like something Eddie would do. That's yeah. perfect. I, I like it. Lack of logic. You're, you're yeah. playing into the character. This is great. Uh, the only right. other L that, that I can give is to the entire city of St. Louis. Uh, one of their <laughs> most amazing citizens that have ever escaped from St. Louis. No, not Bob Desco. Uh, Natasha Scruggs is one of my really close friends. She's amazing. She's an attorney here in Kansas City. She formally switched her alliance from the St. Louis Cardinals to the Kansas City Royals. It's official, so St. Louis, you're going to have to do me a favor and hold this L. That's the Mahomes factor because she knows. We got to get her on the show one of these days. She seems yes, like an awesome person. Do. She does. I love yeah. that that conversation you guys had. That was awesome. Trevor Twoodwell. Who's holding um, the L for you this week, bro? Is it the Kings? Is it the Kings? Please don't. It's not the Kings. Like I prefaced before we came back live, I, did, I don't want to cut my wrist tonight. So, and, you know, trying to avoid that, I don't want to talk about the Kings for the third straight week. <laughs> I don't want to give the Kings an L for the third straight week. You'd be so, listening yeah, to I, the cure all night if that happened. You know? yeah, I'm not trying <laughs> to make. You gotta knock on the door. You gotta knock on the door. Oh, sweet melancholy. Um, <laughs> no, my L is gonna go to uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. We didn't have basketball for about four months, four whole months. Um, and the Zion craze, you know, this being his rookie year, him being pushed to be the, the rookie of the year, which he's not, and that's John Morant, um, who's the better player. Um, anyways, they, 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 they were, this whole push about making Zion the, the next coming face of the league, right? This new specimen who, who has the, the tr similar traits to LeBron with his athleticism for his size, his leaping ability, all this and that. He's a great player. I love watching when he's healthy. Um, but we all know coming into this, this bubble tournament, they kind of set this bubble tournament up for the Pelicans to make a push, Right. The, the way they had the seating set up, the way they, they allowed certain teams to, or the or the or the or the 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 cutoff stop for the teams to make a push for the playoffs. It was it was cut off right before the Pelican, right for the Pelicans there to make a push here. Um, so Pelicans knew going into each game, every game was a must win, right to make a to make a, a run for the playoffs. You know, just like the, the, my Kings, um, <clears throat> but you know, just like my Kings, um, but even on a worse fashion. They only played Zion Williamson, who has been resting for the last four months, like I clarified. Um, as far as we know, has been healthy. I know he had a little, um, he had like some muscle soreness or cramps or something a few weeks ago when the bubble was just getting going. Um, but he's had all this time off. He's, I think he just turned 20 years old. Um, they played him 15 total minutes, and he didn't even play the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter and an absolute nail-biter against the Utah Jazz, who, which, like I said, was a must-win. The Utah Jazz are already in. They're already in. They're already in the playoffs. I think they're the fourth, the fifth seed? Fourth, fourth, seed. fourth seed in the yeah. West. So they're safe. That wasn't a must-win for the Jazz, right? This was a nail-biter game. It came down to a, almost a, a game-winning shot by, by Brandon Ingram, who absolutely balled out, who was, might be the best player on that team. Um, but, yeah, the fact that you, they, they built all this up, you know all this, all this attention, all this press on on Zion, um, all them hyping him up, uh, just to play him 
barely 15 minutes. So what is he going to play next? Next the next game is he going to play 16 minutes, 17 minutes. Yeah, when they're four and a half games this out. Is what, this is what I'm saying. Go. Every game is a must win, <laughs> right? So it, to me, I just don't understand the logic there of not playing him. And as tight as the game was, this, the last seven minutes he didn't see, he didn't sniff the court. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and it, the fact that he's your best defensive player, he's a, he's a game wrecker, a game changer with this, his, his pure athleticism right now, and the, what he could be could could become. But the fact that this bubble was set up, honestly, for him, for the Pelicans, for his name to be in there, to make a rate, you know, for, for that revenge game against the Lakers, that could be a possibly be a scenario if they get the eight seed, they can face the Lakers, and all those the the you know Ingram Ball and all those guys can get, uh, you know, kind of a revenge matchup against the Lakers, which would have been great for for you know the publicity of the league and for the turn for the for the playoffs. Um, but basically, I'm, I'm giving them the L because they hyped all this up just to give him 15 minutes, and they lose. It's just I don't understand what, what the purpose was. I, I, I know Alvin Gentry, the coach, uh, came out and talked about it. That's what, that's what he was told. You know, that's what he was allowed to do was give him 15 minutes. I'm sorry. If I'm the head coach, I go against all that because, it's, like I said, it's a must win. If you want to do whatever you can to win and have the most success with this, this young, talented core that you have here and by not putting your best player on the floor – uh, the last, the final seven minutes of the game, when it could that game could have went either way, against the fourth seed in the West, um, it's just it just it didn't make any sense to me, um, and it was a letdown as far as us fans. We wanted, I want to see Zion as, as big as a Kings fan as I am. I would love to see you know a Pelicans Lakers first you know first round uh, uh, a matchup. I think that'd be fun. Uh, there'd be a lot of cool storylines matched up, matched up in the. But I think you know them losing this game. It's a big blow because now they have to fight even more. They pretty much have to win out just to have a chance now. Um, so I, I will see, we'll see what they do moving forward with Zion. If they just you know let him go, uh, he has a whole off season. Even if they don't make it to rest up, even if he does get nicked up or whatever, which is a high chance of that happening. But for right now, for what I saw last night, for the embarrassment that that was, for him to only play 15 minutes, it made zero sense. And for him not to play, see the court in the last final seven minutes of the one of the closest, uh, an extremely close game, one to two point game for the final seven minutes of that game. Um, it was embarrassing. So uh, the, uh, the Pelicans, New Orleans, the entire uh, organization over there, you guys are going to have to do me a favor and hold this, this L. L. I don't know how you felt about that. I, that no, was I totally agree. It was going to be one of my L's as well. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, that's an abomination, man. You're, you're four, four and a half games out with eight games to go. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and sit out our superstar talent. And it'd be for, different if they're getting blown out. It'd be different if they're getting blown out. But it yeah. was a one-point game. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie says that Zion playing 15 minutes deserves an L. Yeah, absolutely. So. I think that was a given. That was like a, a layup. You know, well, like, it was a letdown for fans. Layup the first game, that's the game, you know, you let him out there and let him display, you know, why he was missed, you know, <laughs> when he was hurt. That's what the fans were missing out on. But 15 minutes is unacceptable. So I listen to a lot of uh, sports radio um, I, 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 for multiple reasons. There's a lot of particular shows I listen to to, to study uh, certain individuals because I'm always trying to get better at what we do here. Um, and I want to continue to be that way because I feel like you can always get better at what you love to do and what you're passionate about. Uh, but then there's some shows that I'm just I'm just listening to just because it's, it's a weekend or whatever the case is. And I'm just, you know, I have something in the background. Uh, there's certain shows on the weekends that I listen to, and one of those happened to be on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Um, one radio host uh, by the name of Andrew Filipponi that uh, decided to spend his afternoon, <clears throat> obviously before the Jamal Adams story broke where uh, the Jets traded, this, traded to, uh, Jamal Adams to the Seahawks, 
Andrew Filippone was dedicating his entire show to literally shitting on the Chiefs. Now, bear in mind, uh, Andrew Filippone is a panderer to the Steelers uh, fan base out there in Pittsburgh. And they are one of the more respected, well-renowned, most successful franchises in NFL history. So whenever dynasty, the word dynasty, gets thrown out there, I would imagine New Englanders and Pittsburgh people, I don't even know what you call them, Pitts, Pittsburghers, Pittsburghese, I don't know what the fuck you call those people, but the fact is, is that these these are the ones that are going to be upset the most probably when it comes to new dynasties, the ideas of a new dynasty. So, so Filippone decided to take it upon himself to shit all over the Chiefs, and I mean literally take the opportunity to discredit everything they've been trying to do and say, uh, starting with Chris Jones and, and Tyree Kill calling them knuckleheads and, and, and describing with their words as, as laughable and jokes and calling literally calling them names on a show, then decides to take it one step further. And I was just sitting there being quiet, listening to the show and whatever the case is, you know, I'm gonna let this guy, you know, cook because this is obviously his point of view, which I will respect. I lost all respect when he decided to um, hint at this idea that Tyreek Hill is the abuser that they claimed him to be. Now, I will forever apologize for the stance that I took immediately because I thought that this was all true based on the edited version that KCTV5 decided to grace upon us. Come to find out there was a, a load of shit and there was another six and a half minutes to that video. And then I quickly recanted my stance on that. And since that point, I've done everything I could to raise awareness for the injustice that Tyreek Hill himself suffered because of that and lost money because of that, almost lost his career because of that. But Filippone, as lazy as he is and his job that he's paid to do, which is to cover sports and to give an intellectual take on said sports, decides to hint at the idea that Tyreek Hill is the last person he wants to hear from because of those very same reasons. So I took it upon myself to start calling out Filippone on Twitter. I started raising some actual legitimate questions. He then drops this phone number on uh, Twitter and on his show. So I said, you know what? I never call on shows. I never call into shows. Changing that today. Decided to call in that Saturday. Talked to his producer immediately. I told him who I was and what I do out here. And I said, look, I got some really strong opinions on the Kansas City Chiefs and what Filippone decided to take upon himself today. He's about to get some serious backlash. Let's get this conversation going. Producer said, no problem. Let's get this thing going. I'm on the waiting list. I literally five minutes later get the producer coming back and says, yeah, Filippone says he ain't feeling it, man. Uh, he, he'd rather just not talk Chiefs right now. Uh, he understands he's seen your tweets. He'd rather just not talk about it. How fucking convenient is that, Filippone? How fucking convenient is it? I even invited him on this show this week. We already had a guest booked. I would have gladly added Filippone to this show. Decides not to do that either. The dude's hiding. What I can't stand in this business more than anything is people that will put their neck out on the line and say something, and the moment they get called out for it, they decide to cower. Like, what's the point of having a strong take? What's the point of having a hot take if you ain't willing to stand by it? I've had plenty myself. I have every single fucking night on this show. But for some reason, I decide to stand by my own words. I'm no, I should be no better than a man who's paid to do this shit. We do this on our free time. But you want to go ahead and, and, and collect your checks and be a coward while doing it. Fuck that shit, man. We, you're, you're invited. Let me put it like this. You're invited to this show each and every week. And I'm going to continue to call you out on it. Because, again, I take that shit personally. Because you're lazy at what you do. The, the research is out there. It's called Google. Google.com. It's really awesome. You should check it out because it's a search engine where you can find shit that you might be curious about. Do it all the time. It's really cool. Mostly about food because I'm a chubby kid myself. But how about you do this for me, Filippone, while you continue to decide to reject my invitations to my show? Google the truth. Google the truth about Tyreek Hill. And when the Chiefs start racking off championships and your team's missing the fucking playoffs because you got a 900-pound, 38-year-old quarterback trying to throw the ball out there with a broken arm... 
Enjoy the show, buddy. So do me a favor while we're doing all that and having fun at your at your expense. Do me a favor and hold this L. Hold Sorry, did I get a little triggered on that one too? Uh, we've got the exact same thing. Spoke My little gentle. pony is what I thought you were saying that entire time. <laughs> My little pony. Yeah. And so did Brian. So yeah, <laughs> he's invited. Andrew Filipponi is always invited on this show, and I look forward to the day because I just called you out, and I'll stand by those words. Not a problem. Not an issue. We'll see what happens. But in the meantime, this show was fun. This was an absolute blast. Uh, Shaggy Shane, appreciate you, bro. Uh, you, you always you always give me feedback each and every week on how you think the show goes, man. You're the most loyal listener that we have. I genuinely appreciate you and everything you do. Guys, Absolutely. please follow his work. You think this stuff's good? Maybe you don't. I don't know. You just maybe watch this for the laughs. He actually has quality content, man. I'm telling you, as much as Gat tries to carry us around here, he does it all on his own. He's an independent man, independent thinker, and I love the shit out of him for that. Uh, amazing family, amazing guy. He really is just thorough. Go follow him, man. But in the meantime, for Trevor Twidwell, for Gat, for Eddie Ortiz, who decided not to be with us tonight, for valid reasons I will give him, but no excuses next week, obviously. For Mr. Clay Windler, for Shaggy Shane, for Al Andrew Filipponi's coward ass, yeah. I am Lance Twidwell here inside the KCP studios telling you this episode 75 is gone. It's done. It's away with. We out of this bitch. See you guys next week. Later. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the Spoke. I might actually stick, I might actually stick around for a little bit.